three, two, one. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy is good. Mm -hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to the Mike Rutherford Show. It is Tuesday, May 17th. Here in lovely Louisville, Kentucky, Mike Rutherford with you in the pilot seat. Trevor Kelsey behind the glass, as always. We are with you here until 6 o'clock. We are going to have a loaded three hours. I say that half-jokingly. We have things to talk about that are actually pertinent to sports, and we have many things to talk about that are not pertinent to sports. As the text line, the first text comes in, and you know they do this just because they want me to mention it, and they want to get Trevor revved up right at the beginning of the show. First text today, Mick Cronin for AD, question mark. Trevor, your thoughts? And like, what, the school that hired Billy Gillespie? <laughs> Like, you know what? I shouldn't probably say this here. Do it. Brandon Benner get an AD job. Anybody get an AD job. Okay. <laughs> Benner in the news for two days in a row. That's a great way to start the show. Uh, we are continuing today the contest that, that we're doing all week long. It's the Pick the Headliner contest. We're giving away every single day this week. Single day passes to uh, Louder Than Life and Bourbon Beyond. The winner every single day is going to get to pick the headliner that they want to see. We're doing it in a different way every single day. And right off the bat, we had a couple of requests last week that, you know, some people don't listen to the show live. They listen to it on podcast. If you're not in your car or working or at home from three to six and you're, you're locked into the Mike Rutherford show, how can you still have an opportunity to win tickets? So here's what we're going to do. This is not going to be for today's contest, but I want to put it out there so you have time to make this happen. For Thursday's giveaway, we're going to give, we're going to draw one person who does the following. I want you to either, you have two ways to go here. Take a, a picture of yourself not smiling. That's what we're going to do. Picture of yourself. So listening to the show. Cannot, exactly. Cannot be smiling. And either tweet it at Trevor, at Trevor Kelsey, but I know not everybody's on Twitter. So you can also email it to me. I'll give the email out here. And before I say it, I'm going to preface this once again. I have to do this every single time. I fear change. I'm aware that I have an AOL email address. I'm not changing anytime soon. You know who else has an AOL email address? Eric Wood. Ray Lewis. Pat Forty, Titans of the industry. We are few. We are proud. We're not going anywhere. You will, we will not be replaced. We will not go quietly into that dark night. You will, you will not be changed in your ways. The email address is Mike, M-I-K-E, R-U-T-H, the number five, 
at AOL.com. Mike Ruth 5 at AOL.com. Did you, you wear s- number five in, in high school? I did. Okay. It, this is the, this is the AIM screen, uh, screen whatever name that I picked out when I was 13 years old, and it will follow me my entire life. I mean, it's still better than Every Hotmail, decision right? you make in seventh grade should follow you for the rest of your life. That's what everybody says. <laughs> I've lived my life by, the, by <laughs> the choices of my sixth grade self. So there you go. So if you, between now and Thursday at three o'clock, Actually, Thursday at 2 o'clock, because i got to take time to, to put everybody's name in. If you tweet a picture of yourself not smiling at Trevor Kelsey on Twitter or email me the picture at micro 5 at AOL.com, you'll be entered to win Thursday's giveaway. So that's, that's for podcast listeners. You've got now two days to get this done, and you'll be available for Thursday's contest. But we are going to give away tickets today in another form. And you know what? I told you when it was going to happen yesterday. I ain't telling you bleep today. I'm not telling you anything. It's going to come up. It's going to just catch you by surprise. you got to be listening for the full three hours if you want to have a chance to win these tickets. We're not telling you anything. It could be right now. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling. For what's worth, I don't even know. You, I told you I wasn't going to tell you. You won't, you won't even tell me. What's the, what's the last concert you went to, Trev? I know it's been kind of a while, hasn't it? Uh, oh, it was Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses? When yeah, was when I, um, back in November of... 17? 18? Okay. Not that long. I can check the, the pictures on my phone. Okay. They're, they're dated. Uh, it was when they came to Freedom Hall. I uh, I went all out because I had never. I had one chance to sing them when I was nine in Lexington, and my mom would let me go with the neighbor neighbor woman and her boyfriend because uh-huh. you know I was nine to sure. Lexington. I mean, I probably shouldn't have just told her I should have told I was going to a friend's house for the weekend, but I'm just too honest. Anyway, so I didn't get to go then, and they broke up. You know, Axel went insane. They got back together, so I went all out and I had. Center, uh, center row, like third, third row, center uh, tickets right in front of the stage. Nice. I uh, got the VIP, paid for the VIP pass to go backstage. I didn't get to meet them, unfortunately. Uh, I did see. Uh, I think was Slash walk within about a hundred yards of me. That's cool. But then again, with my tickets to the concert, I was probably closer to him that that point than I was backstage. Well, but uh, yeah, it was pretty. It was fun. It was de- definitely worth it. And they played for like three and a half hours. It was a good time. Sounds good. I, love, well, I, I just refreshed my Twitter. The very first thing that I see is somebody already tweeting you, uh, tweeting at you with a stone-faced expression. Shout out to my guy, Taylor. Well, they're obviously not holding Arby's. Not, if, you're, if you're holding Arby's, you've got to, you can't help but grin from ear to ear. Arby's was not part of the content. I don't even know why you just inserted that. <laughs> Trevor if, has, for the people listening... If you who, can get Arby's as a sponsor, we'll give you... <laughs> for the people listening who are on constant Arby's watch in the show, uh, Trevor has brought Arby's back in the yeah. studio once again, but he has made the move back to roast beef. Yeah, and away from the chicken sandwich. I didn't want to, I, I, you know, kind of keep them on their toes. Don't want them to get too comfortable there. That's fine. They, you know, I want, I want them to, you know, make, keep, keep them, keep them sharp, keep them on edge. How are you this afternoon, Trev? I'm doing good. Yourself? A little hot outside, though. A little hot outside. I'm doing better than I was yesterday. I'm feeling better. We've got intern Jacob also in the studio again. I did not think he was going to make it back for a I second was day. Shocked. I walked in. I was like, "You're here after yesterday, <laughs> after having to to deal with this nonsense, and then also just you know being around you for an hour. It, it seems like it was enough to I'm scare delightful. most. It was enough to scare lesser interns away. So I'm, props to Jacob I'm for hanging. Soothing like tomato soup. Yeah. <laughs> You're an acquired taste. We've, we've established that. I'm like butt heavy. If this show has established one thing and it's a nine-month run, it's that you are very much an acquired taste. Because be, that's been nine been, months already? It has. We could have had a kid. The most common... Okay. <laughs> You've already had one of mine. I mean, we, we could have we could have been conceived on the first day and, been, and had be, be given birth by now. But the most consistent sequence of events at least when it comes to reaction to the show that I've had. And it's been like friends, family members, people I don't know, text line, everything. It's just like, oh my God, who is this guy? Why won't, wh- like, why is he interrupting? Why won't he shut, get out of here, Trevor? And then like two weeks later, these same people, including like my mom, like my, they're like, you know what? Take it back. I love Trevor. 
You are in a quiet. It's like having well, your first. Everyone's beer. heard you already. They get to read you on the website. <laughs> so by the way, where's the card and losing notes today? Where's, that, where's my prep work for the day? So, <laughs> hey, where's the show tweet at? I, I'm trying to get it done right slacking, now. You're man. I, I, hey, I've got pots. <laughs> I'm, I'm heroically battling pots every day of my life. He's gonna lean on that. <laughs> so today <laughs> you're married now. Take out the trash, Mike. Honey, I got pots. Well, I did take out the trash. <laughs> okay. The Rutherford family's falling apart. John, your son is sick. Uh, oh, Mary no. is, is in bed. She's very sick. It's just it's all it, it's all disaster. Virginia, thankfully, is doing well. And I'm I, so I'm having a better day today. I was feeling actually blowing chunks the other day. Sort of blowing chunks. She's she's gotten that out of her system. Where I'm I'm worried that Mary now has that. Which if it follows the same sequence of events that happened the last time Virginia had a stomach bug, it was she got sick. She was fine the next day. Mary got sick two days later. She was out of commission for like two days. And then if you remember, like I got sick and I, yeah. I was yakking and I lost eight pounds in a day. It was awful. So I'm terrified Bastard. right now. I'm chugging grape juice. I know it's an old wives tale, but they say that that prevents stomach bugs. Grape juice. Does it really? That's an old wives tale. If you huh. Google it, everyone's going to say it's not true, but I've had enough people tell me it works that I'm willing to give it a try. Best and worst juices. With no sugar added. I mean, right off the bat. It's, oh, we're, yeah. we're 15 minutes into the show. You, you I haven't up. even gotten to what we're talking it's about. It's summertime, today. baby. I actually like grape juice. Q. Will Smith. I like grape juice. Does lemonade count? No. Okay. No, you've got cranberry, apple, orange, grape. You know what? Bold take, controversial opinion, grape juice number one. I mean, it's okay. I'm more of a grape soda than grape juice. I guy. like cran grape. Now, now you're not just, really juice. Now you're just playing. You know, I'm fast and loose with the juice. Now you're just I get to Moreau over here, just switching like species. Okay, but let me let me get to what I, what I was saying. Anyway, <laughs> I you mentioned I, no cardinal news notes today. I was feeling good. Got the girls to school. Got the girls home from school, and I'm ready to get some work done. Boom, boom. I get the the dreaded text from Chase. Is this charge? Did you make this purchase? And yeah, it's I love like Chase though. Well, I'm a Chase fan. I appreciate the alert. Okay, yeah, okay. Like two hundred seventy-three dollars to some store in Texas that I've never heard of. No, I didn't make that. So I, 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 I then have, are you sure? I then have the dreaded check of the account, and I go back oh, and look no. at today and then Saturday, and it's like three AT and T bills for nine hundred bucks. How much money do you have in your account? You didn't notice three twenty-two hundred dollars going out or whatever. I didn't check. You don't, you don't, you don't know. You wouldn't have noticed that's twenty twenty seven hundred dollars. Well, I mean, I have bills coming out every like, like every week that are more than that. Like it's. It, oh, I'm sorry. I mean, it's, I'm sorry, Trevor. I yeah. We have cars. We have houses. Here. We have bills. We. It's not. Trust me. It's not that much. Uh, I work at Big X. <laughs> Give like, me twenty seven hundred dollars. See. <laughs> anyways, I had there's like a purchase for like a from like a Wayfair store in Boston. <laughs> Wow. And like they're so, traveling, <laughs> it's it, it's a disaster. Like it's it's a total like the, it's six purchases for like three thousand seven hundred bucks. And so I called the Chase people. I let them know that they've already canceled my card. They've already sent the new one. And the first woman is awesome. Like she's she's great. She's like very clear. And I'm like, okay, this is gonna be a quick process. It's happened to me before. I've had it taken care of relatively quickly. She's like, I'm gonna transfer you to your to like our our claims department. And you can file your claims there. This guy, and I mean. You know it's a possibility. The guy comes on, and it's very clear that we're we're not in the same country. Oh and man, it's this is going to be an issue because he's not understanding anything that I'm saying. He's not understanding like the letter R that I'm saying when I'm trying to spell my name. He's from Boston, and it's yeah, he was not uh, not familiar with the Wayfair store in Boston. I'm afraid. Well, he didn't have an R. That's what and I'm this saying. took like 75 minutes, and I've got 
no confidence that it's going to get resolved anytime soon. So it's still I've, not resolved? I mean, I've put the claims in. I think that I got it done, but we're going to find out. Did Now, between you and me, you be honest, mm-hmm. did, did you add a few purchases in there that you actually did make to no. the claims list? To, no. To get no, 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 no. I mean, you could do it just, just for anything. It's where you're, you're you know, suffering. And- no, no, no. It, it was, uh, they had like four AT&T bills that they Why paid. Why are you winking at me? I'm not. <laughs> and then they got a little bit loose. They went to the Wayfair store and they went to this store that I've never heard of in Texas and bought God knows what for 273 bucks. But I want to know what they bought. It was a whole thing. Can it, we like get a? I want to make a list and see if we can like put a, like a profile together. This person, I, I watch way too much SVU. I really do. Well, sunglasses. At least we know that sunglasses. I would assume so. And I've got no idea what I think it was like. Jackson Moxley is the store that they had purchased it from today. Jonathan Moxley, the wrestler. Jonathan Mawson's just one man. <laughs> just one man. Did you speak yourself in third person? You're a scary superstar, Mox. Um, <laughs> I mean, they, we know they have three three cell phones, so it's they either have a family plan or a dude with two girlfriends. Yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on, Trev. <laughs> uh, did you, uh, in unrelated news, did you vote today? I know the answer. I'm asking you anyway. Did you know there was an election today? I thought we just, I thought Biden's only been in office for like two years. <laughs> They're done with them. They're they're getting them out. No. I mean, I know anybody's not happy, but good lord, it's, man! Uh, Can no, we impeach another. It's it's Louisville primaries. Primary for what? Uh, several offices, including mayor. No, well, that, that's Abrams. But Jerry, Jerry Abrams still the mayor. <laughs> yeah, he's still the mayor. Did you vote for him? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to. He's he's got he's, he's got, <laughs> he's, got he's got tenor. Doesn't, doesn't matter who's running. I call him a tenor. Oh, they, he's, he's one of those three tenors. They, it's the primaries for mayor. Um, one of the state senator seats, Rand Paul seat. Uh, Ooh, US let's get Rand Paul out. Congress like third Paul. district. Um, John Yarmuth seat, which is now up for grabs. Oh, he's retiring. Yeah, so it's Morgan, I, I Morgan th- McGarvey or Attica Scott on the Democrat side. I was thinking the exit the other, yesterday, and I, there's a sign right in the exit that said some guy was running, and right below goes, because John Yarmuth's retiring. There you go. <laughs> is that what you're, the only reason you're running? Are you just admitting you had no chance against him? So I stop <laughs> into I stop into the polling place and get in my car, and the very first guy that I see is this man who is, I mean, is probably, so hold on, Trevor, he's probably 81 years old. And he's got a white T-shirt, and he has handwritten in black Sharpie on it, get Magoo out of here. And I'm like, you know what? I don't even know who he's talking about. Uh, he's, yeah, I can think of like six names he could be referring to. I respect the hustle. <laughs> I love this man's dedication. I love his overall look. I love the vibe that he's giving off. When I see McGee or Magoo or whoever on there, I'm, uh, I'm not going to vote for him. And... I know it's not like Morgan McGarvey is he's not in anywhere, so it's not get him out of there. So it has to be an incumbent. And I go and look at my ballot Ooh, and there's not cover. there's not a McGee or anything on there. I've got no idea who this man was talking about, but I hope he got what he wanted out of it. I knew today. you were going with the joke. <laughs> I looked all over. I couldn't find a McGee or Magoo. Couldn't find a McGee or a Magoo <laughs> or a McGee. I went up to him afterwards. I was like, I tried to help you out, buddy, but I couldn't find a McGee. I wanted to give him a fist bump and I just <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. But I probably all... Javel McGee does not like you either. <laughs> uh he's this guy just really hates Andre McGee. He's still not letting it go. <laughs> he's just he just said the same thing. He's, Can- he's in Kansas City, my man. He's still driving an Uber out there. I think he's gone. We've gotten rid of him. Who'd you vote for? Or is that like a birthday wish you can't tell or won't come true? I'm not telling who I voted for. Why not? Because we, on this show, we stick to sports. All we do is talk about for sports for three hours. We haven't even talked about sports 21 minutes into this show yet. That's the joke. And I haven't even gotten to the fact that to go into what movies I watched. <laughs> we can avoid it. <laughs> Text line, it's a, they demand to know. Text line, furious. Um, <laughs> anyways. They want to know more about what you, who bought your credit card. Well, Did Mary go on a shopping spree and just lied to you? No. 
Okay. I mean, if Mary wanted to go on a shopping <laughs> spree, she can go on a shopping <laughs> spree. Yeah, and I'm never going to know. And that's, that's fine. That's, Obviously, somebody's rang up close to four grand on your card. You didn't even know. Well, uh, Trevor, I mean. I mean, Potts is really taking you behind the woodshed, isn't it? It, it was two days ago. <laughs> two days ago. I check my card daily. You check your card daily? Yeah. Why? Because I just like to. I'm, I guess How many I don't, purchases are you making out there? How much Arby's are you racking up? You'd be. I mean, first of all, it is annoying trying to keep up with like the pro, uh, pending uh, pending thing. Because, I guess I probably would if I were you and I was going to fast food and then doing DoorDash seven times a day as well. Like that's you have a lot of purchases. A, sometimes a week. First of all, not a day. A week. That's Some, too much, Trevor. Sometimes twice a day. That's too much DoorDash. <laughs> I did get Dave and Buster's last night on DoorDash. Have you considered a good. financial planner? Like, for who? You. For what? To say things like, hey, maybe not DoorDash every no, single day. I'm not going to pay someone to handle my finance. It's like paying a, a search group. I'm not going to do that. Do you know how much money you could save a year if you just, like, picked up, like, three probably of this, those days? Probably the same. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say how much I'd save for hiring a financial planner. Well, yeah. That's the same true. amount that I would if I didn't hire a financial planner? Whatever. Like, Do you have a financial planner? Yeah. Clearly, he didn't do a good job. He, somebody just robbed your Chase account. I'm, Chase is working on it. <laughs> We're getting it back. We're going to be okay. We're going to be fine. Uh, we have – God, it's, it's 322. That's mine. That, you know what? Hand up on me. Sorry. Planner. Sorry. We've got to yeah. – it's Mark Cole who comes in here and helps us out all the time. He's great. He's, he's wonderful. Do you he's want me to get an interior decorator too for my house? Yeah. I, I mean, do. I already got a lawn guy. How do you look down on me for having someone do my lawn? You pay for somebody to do your finances. I mean – I've got, look, it's not, if it was just me, if I were in your position, I would not have a financial planner. I would I mean, not need one. You went to law class. I went to law class. You have, I you, did. You are, you are a Bellarmine graduate. I, I am. Bellarmine. <laughs> Two things not connected. <laughs> you have no need for a finance. Like me, like, I, it makes more sense for me to be doing lawn work. You know, I, I got a Jed. I went to college. I'm, you not, know. I'm not following your logic. <laughs> I should be doing lawn work. You have the education. You should be doing finance, your own financial stuff. Uh, okay. I mean, it's more my wife. We've already established this. No, She's the breadwinner. She's killing well, it. Oh, that's true. If yeah. it wasn't for her, we'd be fine. Uh, I'd be fine. Blame the wife. Yeah, it's Mary's fault. Everything, Everything's Mary's fault. That or Potts. She made this move. And Potts. I'm heroically bad. Look, I'm a COVID conqueror. I'm a father of two young children. I'm battling Potts every day out here. I'm crawling to the voting place to get my voting bracelet. I'm just, I'm single-handedly trying to save the city. You didn't post that picture of you as I voted I did not. I did not. I got the bracelet, though. I put it on. I was like, you want some jewelry? I was like, since you phrase it like that, I do. Great joke. Can I get a necklace? Great polling joke. (laughs) Can I get an I voted earring? (laughs) I love upbeat polling people. They make me so happy. And now it does explain why why Westport Middle School was so packed earlier when I drove by. There you go. I just thought there was like a parent-teacher day going on. (laughs) <laughs> texture says the question is what sites does trevor visit to check his card daily well, <laughs> we'll make sure i didn't go on one of those sites that's gonna start charging me texture says trevor kelsey has been the greatest surprise addition to our lives in the last eight months agreed agreed <laughs> sounds like something my mom said once who would have thought when i had the my first big x conference call and they were trying to to get me on board here and i saw trevor with the only little on the zoom call the only dark box because he was in bed i think at the time i doing was in the bed call. in a hotel room in bed at a hotel room it was, it was, it was, it was, <laughs> who would have thought how much it would change my life he calls me the night before and was like oh hey can you do this uh zoom meeting thing tomorrow morning i'm like really he's like it's like what for he's like oh yeah we're adding the rest of show 
I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was. When did it start? Two weeks. <laughs> it was a wonderful call. It was a wonderful call. Uh, we've got. To, we actually have stuff to get to, and now I can finally do the thing that I was trying to do 20 minutes ago. Uh, we're going to talk about this over under win total for Louisville football. I don't know if you've seen this, Trevor. Mm-hmm. It's better if you haven't. That's great. I know if I haven't written it, you're not going to know about nope, it. I like is, going in fresh like a stanza. That's great. Leave me. Leave the helicopter scene out of it. Kenny Payne forced me to listen to the John Rothstein podcast, which I, like I kind of hate him for it now. I'm, I'm so supportive of Kenny Payne, but he made me listen to John Rothstein say Portal Combat oh, 17 times. We, we got we got, we got, got pushed aside for Rothstein and Packer and Ewart. Oh, man. Packer, Packer, Durham, Packer and Durham, Packer, Durham. Packer and Ewart. Uh, we're going <laughs> to... would you rather listen to? <laughs> Packer and Ewing. We're going to talk about uh, what he had to say there. We're also going to slander Coach K. That's going to be fun. I'm excited Ooh, about yay. that. And follow-up slander, Nick Saban. He's going to feel the wrath today. We're going to throw him those hands. He's um, a thief. We have to, I mean, you mentioned Bender a little bit earlier. People keep bringing up this the story. It's not going away, which is hilarious. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about that as well. And a, a couple of other hoops notes that are flying around out there pertaining to Louisville sports. Uh, let's go ahead and take our first break. We talked no sports. That's par for the course. What are you going to do? We'll take a break. When we come back, Trevor will probably talk about movies while I try to talk about sports. But I will drag him through that concrete in I that chair. I finally watched Afterlife Ghostbusters last night. Nobody cares. Maybe the good people at the who well, made the movie. They maybe they care. Throw it a break. Warner, Throw thank you. Intern served a purpose. Throw it a break. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. You love Thornton's. Download that refreshing rewards app. It's gonna save you money every time you need to fuel up at the pump, and you've never needed to save money at the pump more than you do right now. Again, 502-414-1450. We'll talk with you throughout the day as well. We'll be right back. Monday ed- oh Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show rolls on next year on 1450 and 96 Top of our game. Jagged Little Pill was an animal. It was a beast. Uh, you have no, uh, yeah. I had, to, I had the CD. I remember buying the CD of Biggs. So you were, I think you're what, you're what, you're five years older than I am. Yes. So you were about the age of like a lot of, I had friends who had older sisters that were like three, four or five years older. And all of them, when this CD came out, were Probably just me down. obsessed with it. So when it came out, they were like seventh, eighth grade, freshman year of high school, which is, I assume is about where you were when this Probably. came out. Probably. That sounds about right, yeah. All they did was talk about Atlantis more so. Yeah, that CD was, yeah, that was the, I can't tell you anything after it, to be honest with you. She played God and Dogma. She did. She was awesome as God and Dogma. Uh, she was also once on, uh, you can't do that on television. And uh, and I believe you was I, I had to bring you the information that you did not know that her first big single that you ought to know was about Dave Coulier. I did not know that. That still amazes me you didn't know that. Well, I, I actually had just forgotten about it, but I love it. Cut it out. And uh, actually on that song as well, the guitar and bass are done by Dave Navarro and Flea of Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just I can't imagine writing a breakup song slash angry song about a love interest who is Joey from full house it's just it, it blows my mind like and, and when you listen to the lyrics too i mean it's just like that's just, wow what about what did i tell you that always the, the the ones that are showing the cleanest image are the are the freakiest freakiest behind the curtain i mean i'm gonna say it can you imagine joey having sex 
Like Joey Gladstone. Joey Gladstone. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, 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 he's Reggie the Rooster or whatever he did. He, like the whole, uh, what was he? The, the, no, she opens her eyes and there's the Bieber guy. Yeah. Like what was his name <laughs> on, on that thing? All, all I know is he, it was so like, uh, the, the double entendre was like, he's like, I want, looks around and goes, wood. I love wood. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy having sex, just going out of Lannis Morissette. <laughs> I never would have thought about it in my entire life. Wait, then, you think Joey ain't got game? No, I didn't. I think, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, he's living in the basement of his... Well, what was his relation to, to to Danny? Friend. Was he just was he just friend? Did he, like, were they college roommates or something? They were or? just friends. Jesse was the... Jesse was the brother The brother of his... Uh, yeah, his yeah, brother-in-law. I and knew that. Joey was just his friend. And and he he apparently just, didn't have a whole lot else going on. I mean... <laughs> Stayed there for way too long. Have, would you ever let a friend... Like, just like, I mean, I guess I could. One of, I got two best... Two of my best friends I probably would would as well, but... I mean, would you let your friend uh, just crash in your basement that long? No. <laughs> After a while, I do. He, want- he didn't even live in the basement. He lived in the uh, like the cubby in the living room at one point in the beginning of the show. I do sort of wonder if after a while, Danny was like, you know, the the girls are old enough. <laughs> the girls are like, well, at that point, there's free rooms. Like, do you not just have anywhere else to go? <laughs> DJ's off to college. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Joey, it's time. We have to have this talk. By the way, did Joey ever have a relationship the entire time during the show? Yeah. Oh, he did? Okay, I don't remember. There was a female, whatever his job was, like park ranger. There was like a female park ranger that he was into for a little bit. Well, no, he wasn't an actual park ranger. I think that was just the... Trevor, I'm aware. (laughs) Okay. I'm familiar with the show. (laughs) Yeah, obviously you are more than I am. Let's talk about this uh, (laughs) Let's talk about this FanDuel Sportsbook odds. I saw this yesterday. Uh, Our friend Nick Coffey put this out. It was the first that I saw of it. I actually had a buddy of mine who's very out on Scott Satterfield, so much so that he's like kind of just down on Louisville football in general. And he's like, what do you think the over-under win total for next season is going to be? And I said, it was six and a half last year. I feel like most of our computer numbers, at least in the offseason, are very similar to the, what they were last preseason. I'm going to guess it's six and a half again this year. And if it's not, I'm going to say it's six. It usually usually a half normally. but yeah. They do. But every now and then, you like I think a couple of years ago, we were right at seven. And so it's a rarity, but yeah. every now and then it happens. FanDuel Sportsbook, they've come out with their win totals for the ACC. They have Louisville at five and a half wins. Ooh. They put Louisville at 60-1 to 1 to win the ACC, which are the 10th longest odds in a 14-team conference. The only teams with longer odds to win the ACC, according to FanDuel, are Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, uh, Syracuse, and Duke. At least so, in there. <laughs> not especially high on the Cardinals' outlook. And <laughs> when I said 6 and a half to my buddy, he's like, oh, I'm hammering the under all day. He's like, I, he's like, I'm out on Scott. I don't believe it's going to happen. The question now has become, because 5 and a half, if it, it, we, we've talked a lot already this offseason about what happens if Louisville goes 6-6. Six and six. I, I think the worst conversation to have is what happens if he goes 5-7. and seven. To me, that's the cut line. I think I've seen other Louisville fans push back. I, if he's 5-7, and seven, it's three losing seasons in a row. And we looked this up. We haven't had three losing seasons in a row since Schnellenberger. It was uh, the last, like, the first two Schnellenberger years, yeah, combined with the— the last year, whoever he took over for. And we're in the midst of our first back-to-back losing seasons since you know, Craig won H1, the, the Steve Cragthorpe era. Yeah. Like He would have a losing overall record after four full seasons on the job. And at that point, to me at least, I don't care how good the 2023 recru- recruiting class is, which is trending towards being the best in the history of the program. I get it. We've been wanting this type of recruiting forever. We're finally getting it. But if you've got a guy who hasn't won at even a remotely high level through four years— 
with some good players. We've had, like, like last year's team had no business only winning six games. I think the year before, I know COVID, whatever, all the close losses, they still had no business going four and seven. If you've got a guy who's under 500 overall through four seasons at Louisville, who's had ample time to establish his culture, get his guys in there, get his offense in there, hire his coaches, all that stuff. Has had talent as well. What reason do you have to believe that he's going to do anything significant with that talent that he's bringing in? I mean, it's like you can give me a Lamborghini and put me behind the wheel, but guess what? I can't drive stick. So, I mean, I'm it's just that, that's kind of like what you, I mean, that's kind of how I feel if you're going to give a lot of talent to Satterfield if he goes five and wins five games this year. To six and six, I think it gets awkward. I think people aren't happy. I think he still ends up surviving. But you're going to have the, I don't want to say majority, but you're going to have the percent, percentage of people who are going to use the the recruiting class as almost like, I mean, almost like blackmail. Like, you know, you can't get rid of them. I mean, we get rid of them, we lose it. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, if if that recruiting class is where his last three have been, if it's up there in like the 40s or the the 50s, God forbid, it's a no brainer. He goes six and six this year, he's out, he's done. But the recruiting class is his saving grace in this hypothetical. Now, let me ask you we should have started here. First thought when you hear five and a half over under, you're a betting man. What do you go with? I want to take it. I take the over, excuse me. I, I want I want to take the over. Um, I just don't know how much of that is my realistic opinion or me being too much overtaken, slightly like Venom style with my fanhood. Sure, and I'm I just, a part of me leans towards probably fanhood. Like I could, I mean, there's a reason why Vegas is what Vegas is, and five and a half is now the six. Us being sixty to one doesn't also shock me. It also Surprised me that we're actually tenth amongst that list. I thought even at sixty to one could be maybe closer to fifth, but five and a half, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay away from it regularly. But if you put a gun to my head, I'm gonna take the over because I mean you ha- logically you have to take the over. I mean, looking at on paper, on paper this team is if this team doesn't win more than six games with the talent you have on paper, and I know people go. Say, well, you know, look what they did against Kentucky. Well, you know what? We don't have to play Kentucky 12 times. We play them once. You know, we we, we get God, to – What pl- a sad statement to have to make. I, you, you, you're Scott, preaching to the choir, Keep man. the game close. Please, God. I mean – We can't live like this anymore. Six months a year, six months ago, Trevor is looking at me like, you fat mother. You do forget. <laughs> I mean, this time a year ago, Trevor was guaranteeing a win over Kentucky. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. Satterfield's – let's not even call him Satterfield. Let's call him Jim Jones. I mean, because he had me drinking the Kool-Aid – Watching the ACC, realizing how bad the ACC is, how we're and I still don't think we're that much worse than Kentucky on paper, but on or yeah, on paper and realistically we were, but on paper, on talent field. wise, on the field, on the paper, field, it's, it has not. Where the hell we're at? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm with I just, you. I'm I, just torn I, on this one though. I don't think it's my fandom saying that because six and six should be a low bar to clear for this team. When you look at it, it should be. I it's, mean, we've talked about it. Every Louisville fan has talked about it. It's become the offseason spin. How many close games they were in. You're on the goal line. You've got four chances to punch it in against Clemson and win. All you have to do is make one stop against Virginia in the fourth quarter. You win that game. We got screwed at Wake Forest. Let's, let's be real about that. The yeah. clock operator cost us a victory there. That's three wins that were right there for the taking. At the same time, this team has had a, a issue winning close games now for two years in a row. But if you're just trying to get to six wins, you've got the most important position on the field you feel secure in as long as Malik Cunningham is healthy. He's good, a very good college quarterback. I don't think there's any debate about that. He's back. You assume he's going to be 
at least as good, if not better than he was a year ago. You've got 10 guys on offense who started at least some point in an offense that ranked in the top 16 nationally. Defensively, they were abysmal last year. You've brought in some new pieces. You have some of the good pieces back from last year. If you land you know, a game-changing transfer from Arizona State, I think you feel better about the defensive front. The schedule is, I think, sneakily tougher than it was a year ago. You don't have like the headliner game against Ole Miss, but you do have, I mean, Kizaki, again, is going to be pretty good. You've got UCF on the road now, a team that you needed kind of a miracle. You've got the number one pick in the draft. Well, yeah. we've talked about that. <laughs> I mean, on paper, you look at the – I think Louisville will be favored against Syracuse. They'll be favored against USF. They'll be favored – they should be favored at Boston College. Virginia, I don't know. Boston College could be questionable because they didn't they get uh, Jerkovich back? Yeah, Jerkovich is back. Yeah. And they'll probably – that's a game that I think right now we would be an underdog in. And he's 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 a draftable quarterback as well. He's under the same frame as Levis with that big body and arm. I think you say definitively you're definitely going to be favored, maybe slight favorite, but at Q's I think you'll be a slight favorite. Yeah. Versus USF at home, USF has fallen off the deep end. They've been really bad against Power 5 teams in recent years. You'll be favored in that game. Florida State, I think, could be kind of a toss-up. I think he'll be an underdog at UCF. Where's where, Florida State at home, though, right? First home game is a Friday night game. I would guess we're probably slight underdogs against Florida State than being home. I think that's fully – I think the line on that game is fully based off of what we do in the first two weeks. Probably, you're right. If as, we, well, as with them as well, too. For sure. At Virginia, who knows? UVA, I think you're probably a slight underdog. I mean, you, is there really any reason to think we're going to be a favorite on the road against anybody, really? Cues. And that's still – That'd be it. That's a toss-up. I mean, what's what? what question? I mean, and I get an idea. We're at a five and a half. Does, do you have like what Syracuse's over/under win total for the year was over there? Well, they're one of the teams that's behind, behind us. us at sixty-one. So I assume, so, it's, yeah. So we're probably going to be a three or four-point favorite. I would think they and Duke again are, are sort of the yeah. the bottom feeders in the conference, at least when it comes to the preseason projections. So I think there are four games on the schedule that you're probably going to be favored in. It, it, I mean, James Madison, you've got to be a favorite in that. You're going to be an underdog at Clemson. You're going to be an underdog at Kentucky in all likelihood. You're going to be an underdog, like you said, at Boston College in all likelihood. I Probably, think you'll yeah. be an underdog at UCF. And then you've got, Oh, yeah, I know we will. And then I think the other four games are just sort of toss-ups. Like the, the line, at least as of right now, is probably just one to three points one way or the other. I mean, the home schedules were our best Yeah, our best odds of being— I, I mean, I can't imagine us being more than probably a four-point favorite on anybody but South Florida as well. The build-up to this season, the schedule-wise, schedule feels so much like last year, where it's, there's not, like, I think there are a couple games out there that you think, yeah, it's probably going to be pretty tough on us. There are a couple games out there that you think, if we don't get this, it's a huge issue. And then everything else just feels like a toss-up. And see, that to me, that that falls on coaching. Because when you look at the, the roster you have, I mean, last year I was very skeptical because, and I still am a little bit with Malik, but... I at least saw a little bit more consistency last year with Malik than I saw the year before. And so that does make me feel slightly more positive. But you have, whether you are as on the fence with Malik as I am or you're on you know the good side of basketball or whatever, you still have a weapon in Malik Williams. Malik Williams. Malik Cunningham. You have an offensive line that brought back, what, four starters from last year that played very well. Mm-hmm. You have, what, all but two, what, we bring nine of our 11 defensive starters back. Eight. We have 17 running backs. Yeah, I mean, we you bring you bring in running backs that, whether, I know it's new faces, but you have the kid from Tennessee who obviously has a lot of hype with Ty him. Tyon Evans is going to win the Heisman. I mean, you, He's going to rush for 4,000 yards. I understand the receiving core is depleted, to say the best, or at least questionable. 
uh, because of Braden Smith coming off injury. Huggins didn't do a lot last year, and your best number one weapon just got stolen to you from by Alabama. God, that hurt. But that's one thing. I mean, that's one position. I mean, outside of that, I mean, you you have a lineup that, or on, again, on paper, it's like the 10 times they use this phrase, but God forbid it's going to be like the, this should be the slogan of this season. On paper, this team, it's irrational to think this team, talent-wise on paper, is less than seven wins. Has to be 500 at least. Has to be 500 And the at least. fact that you're going into this and looking at the schedule and looking against teams that, I get it, yeah, are, are, you know, are probably, their fan base is probably saying the same thing about themselves, especially like Wake Forest, maybe Virginia, I don't What's know. What's the state of the ACC right now? But even, even Wake Forest and Virginia you can't say it about because they don't bring back probably as many people as we did. At least, especially at the skill well, positions, either of them brought their quarterbacks back. Well, what, yeah, Sam Hartman's back. I thought, he, I thought he left. No, Wake's got pretty much everybody. So, Virginia's back. lost uh, Armstrong, or what his name He's was. gone. Brandon Armstrong's gone. They've got the kid who, though, played the, 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 one of their highly touted recruits, most highly touted recruits of all time. They, they're excited about him. Okay, so, I mean, yes, yeah, so, I mean, they're, they're, but they're still, they're not like head and shoulders above us. They shouldn't be. And no. The, and, 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 and if you had a more. Let's be honest. Even the people who are like, and I and I do like Satterfield for a reason, and there's to a degree, and there's, I'm giving judgment a little bit with this season, but this is it. Like, there's no like appeal after this year for him. He he used all his appeal last year begging to keep the job over Brom. Like, this is it right now, this season. I just saw that UCF announced. I'll put a for sale sign in his yard myself. I just saw that UCF. Uh, this is just broke two minutes ago. They've announced a new crypto partnership program for 2022. Perfect timing, guys. Crypto. Perfect timing. Who's UCF's coach? Do we ever do we remember that? George O'Leary. Oh my god! No, it's not George O'Leary. <laughs> I don't. I believe you. They're the Golden Knights, baby. Remember that whole thing last year? Oh, I'm thinking of South USF. I'm sorry, I was saying USF. My bad. UCF is Gus Malzahn still. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not. Don't we, don't we play? I don't know who South Florida's coach is. Yeah, that's, that's bad. It's Jeff Scott. Oh, who could yeah. forget Jeff Scott? Isn't that the guy from Parks and Rec? I don't know. I've never seen it. Uh, I, I, Jeff Scott was the co-offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach at Clemson before he left. No, he is three and eighteen at South Florida thus far as the head coach. <laughs> I wonder if he's getting a tongue lashing. His like picture Charlie did by a judge. His picture on Wikipedia is the most embarrassing picture I've ever seen for a head coach. It's in terms of he looks like he's being chased by some sort of possum and he's terrified. He's like, not handling it well. That kind of guy had to work under someone who sat on a kid's lap for the last few years. <laughs> Jeff Scott, classic Dabo protege. Uh, but no, it's. Yeah, because what was the other guy that was the next big thing? Chad something that where that didn't work out too well. Yeah, we almost hired him. Yeah, no, I, th- I thought he was going to be better than that too. To be honest with you, this is why like everybody's <laughs> like, well, why would you uh, possibly not take a head coaching job if you're going to, um, you know, you have all these like Chad Morris is being targeted Chad by Morris, everybody. Thing, yeah. Why would you not take a head coaching job? It's like, well, pretty safe gig to hide in, as an offensive coordinator, make a ton of money at a big time program. He end up going like SMU. Uh, I think that's right. He went from and then he landed. Well, he was at Ar- Arkansas. Arkansas, yeah. But and somehow South. he got SMU out of Arkansas out of SMU, which is amazing because he wasn't even good at SMU. And now he's coaching Texas high school football. Is that really where he's at? Mm-hmm. If we don't hire Brian Brom, you know who I kind of want to go after. Jeff, well, I'm gonna throw in that. I, I, you mean Jeff? Jeff Brom. Any Brom actually? I'm, I can look at you and I think Brian. I can't help it. Any Brom in the storm? I mean, y'all were buddies. I mean, y'all, y'all went to prom together. I hear. Uh, no, he's a year younger than me. No, I would never take a junior to prom. Y'all, my bad. Excuse me. Would never do it. I, I want to keep my yeah. the kid, the guy, and I say kid, and I do mean it literally because he's only thirty years old. The one, the uh, who just left to Western Kentucky is their OC and went to Texas Tech, Zach McKinley. That's okay. A, 
That's the key. I, I, I keep an eye on this one because it, it, I mean, you saw what Western did last year in his first year there. But Western always kind of puts up big time numbers. I know, but he run. He's he coached under uh, Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Was a quarterback coach for uh, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. He's only thirty years old. Okay. I mean, he's the one like under the radar name. I'd like to see what he does at Texas. He's at he's at uh, Texas Tech this year. Who's for, who's got the new head coach, the kid, the guy that they took from Baylor. So he's running the offense down there. So I'm I'm be interested to see what they do offensively. If come next year, we're looking for something in the new head coaching up and up and coming category, and Jeff doesn't want to give us a third chance. Please, Jeff, give us a third chance. Well, we're sorry. We got all off. I'll, I'll send you donuts from Jeff's. Jeff's donuts. <laughs> hey, get it. <laughs> uh, by the way, Brennan Armstrong is back in Virginia. We're so we're wrong about that. Oh, is he? Yeah, I'd forgotten he announced he was going to use that fifth year, the extra year. He, he, COVID so, okay, that just kind of proves more of my point that us, Virginia, Wake Forest, we're probably all saying the same thing on every local channel in our, our markets. It just re- replace the name with whatever local market you're in. Yeah, I, I mean, it's... I mean, Virginia, even with him back, does not... I mean, we had Virginia beat last we year. We had them beat, but I mean, he also is a top five passer in college football last season. It doesn't make them easier to deal with, certainly. And Sam Hartman returning doesn't make them easier. No. And even though Kenny Pickett's gone, Pitt returns just about everybody else. It's a bad year to have Plus them they, on the they schedule. they brought in uh, the transfer from USC, Slovis. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to be good again. There's no question about it. Like, the schedule is... And then people keep bringing up the James Madison game. I know Keith Wynn is terrified of this game. It, it should be. I agree. It's the dumbest scheduling thing that you can do. When did we make that? But that, we did the schedule what, like four years ago, three years ago. Is that how we do it? Yeah, you can, you know, you can blame. You can blame your boy. You can blame who you want to blame. Charlie? No, Vince. Oh, Vince, I know. Charlie. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can blame him. You love blaming Vince Tyree oh, for he's stuff. He's a bum. It's a, <laughs> it's a, in this particular instance, it's an awful decision. Yeah. And I, I, I I've made shock. this point before. I'm going to make it again. If you're playing, and they're they're FBS now, but they were FCS at the time that we scheduled them. If you if you want to schedule one buy game, one whatever game, one guaranteed win game, make sure that it's an absolute guarantee. There is no benefit to playing the North Dakota states of the world, the James Madisons of the world, back in the day the Appalachian states of the world, because most of the college football world views those teams in some gigantic umbrella, like they're all the same. They view a, a sixty-five to nothing win over Moorhead State as the same as a sixty-five to nothing win over James Madison. When in reality, it's it's completely different. And if you only beat James Madison thirty to twenty-four or something, the rest of the world looks at that and they you know, they they laugh, they, they they giggle, they say that's silly. So you've got nothing to gain by playing one of the the best. I guess old FCS teams now one of the best lower level group of five teams. It's just a it's a bad scheduling move. I mean, on top of it, I mean, if you're going to do that, why why not? You mentioned Moorhead, Murray. I mean, these are lo- these are st- universities in state that you can give money to and still get get the benefit of blowing out. What was going on? We, we both, we've been doing this for the years. Further proof, Vince just hates the state really, and he makes no good decisions. The worst part is you need a like you need a breather that. Way. I mean, EKU. We didn't we and then we played last year. So look, yeah, I mean, EKU, Moorhead, Murray. That that's been. That's our wheelhouse. I mean, Indiana State, a couple times, you throw the Sycamores in there, thought, feels yeah. good. See how it feels. Evansville got a team, Center College. I mean, come on. So we end, our last bye week is the the middle of October. It's October 15th, that weekend. After that, we've got Pitt, who's probably going to be the favorite to win the Coastal again this year. We've got Wake Forest, who won the Atlantic last year, back-to-back weeks. That Two tough games, back-to-back Saturdays at home. Homer Road, which... Both are at home. Then we played James Madison. You'd love to have a breather in there after two games because you end the season at Clemson versus NC State at Kentucky. It's a brutal final three-game stretch. So you'd love to have a week to get some confidence. 
get some guys rested, have a nice, easygoing Saturday evening, afternoon, morning, whatever at Cardinal Stadium. Instead, my fear is the Dukes are going to put the fear of God into us, and we're going to be nice. like on tilt going into this crucial three-game stretch to end the season. I just picture us losing closely to Pittsburgh, pulling out the upset of Wake, and then pooping the bed against Jay Madison. I really want to beat Wake this year, by the way. I mean, I, I just after last year. I mean, I could just see this that, that just working out in my head already. I mean, I could see that's what happens when you have a less than stellarly coached team. We'll, we'll, we'll hang with Pitt. We'll get our, we'll get that one upset away because apparently that's the only team he can outscore. Usually, you had a lot of passive aggressive shots at Satterfield in this segment. <laughs> just just coming right, just like dancing all around it. Hey, Sat, you want me to shut up about it? Prove it. Step up to the mic. That's a four-month There's three of them in this call. room. There's a four-month Come call. on up. I love it. Uh, but I was surprised to see the line. That's my, my final thought there. And if I, I was going to bet it, I would bet over. I think – I know we've had this conversation before. The fact that the line is at five and a half, and it's also – I think Vegas Insider has it there. Bet Online has it there. I think everybody's going to wind up having it at five and a half. The fact that expectations have been lowered, I don't think it's going to make anybody more satisfied with a six and six season than they would have been otherwise. I also don't think like seven and five is not going to be met with a ticker tape parade. It's going to be like, to me that's the bar. If you go seven and five this season, I say cool. I want better moving forward, but for now that's good enough. Let's see what you can do with this recruiting class. It's not black and white seven and five. It depends how the season seven and five comes about too. I think. As far as like my satisfaction level, sure. Like if we beat Kentucky to get to seven and five on the road in, a, in, a, in an upset, I'm going to be more enthusiastic about it just because it was Kentucky. Yeah. But I think big picture direction of the program. However, you get to seven and five, I'm still going to kind of be like, okay, that's fine. I need to see more moving forward. Like I'm, I'm good with you sticking around and being the head coach of this program. You did it just enough to be for me to be cool with this. Let's see what you do this with recruits. But eight and four is the line where I'm like, good season. That's good by me. Well, anytime we win eight games, it's probably a solid season for a little bit. I hate saying that. Because I mean, well, that is. wasn't our mindset going into the ACC, and but it's we, become But you have mindset. to be at this point. I mean, we, we, have, we fell off the track, and now we need to get back on the wagon. And if you can get three or four eight, you know, consistent eight-win seasons, that's when, eight win, that's when you move that, that, that bar up. Agreed. I, I agree with that. And we haven't got to that part yet. I but mean, we're, but as a, I thought you were saying this as a blanket statement. Like, no, no, In no. any situation, in any scenario, Louisville fans should be good with eight and four, which I don't agree with. No, no. You've got I mean, we, there was a time not too, unfortunately, too long ago that, yes, I mean, winning eight games would be looked at as a, Many times. Not too long down, ago. Yeah, but, I mean, unfortunately— I mean, I know it's only been, you know, four years removed from maybe those times, but, you know, the world of sports is like the world of wrestling. A lot happens that four months well, is like is like 40 years in some ways. So, and we're saying the same thing. Like, I'm saying eight and four in this particular instance, I'm good with it. I'm, I'm good. And yeah. then we see, because eventually Louisville wants to get back to the place where I think I expect the program to be, where I think most fans expect the program to be, which is eight and nine is the expectation. Flirting with the top 25 is the expectation on an like annual basis this at is, least yeah. every now and then I want to be winning 10 11 games I want to be flirting with playing within the ACC title game I want to be if the playoff expands to 12 teams I want to be there flirting with a playoff spot and I don't think it's too much to ask when in 2016 we were flirting with a top four playoff spot the entire season in 2015 and 2014 we were Flirting with, we were in the top 25 the entire seasons. 04, we finished number six in the country. 06, we finished number six in the country. We almost played in the BCS title game. We've been there. We've experienced that. We've been near the top of the heap. It's not outrageous to say that every now and then 
we should have one of those types of seasons. And right now, we are so far removed from that and have been for so long that I think people are starting to settle a little bit. And I'm not at that point yet. I'll say it again. Our friends in Raleigh, cover your ears. I don't want to be NC State, where you are like eight and nine, eight, nine wins is the best you can hope for. You are, you're never going to be three and nine. You're never going to be two and 10, but you're never going to be better than eight and four, seven and five, nine and three in a great year. Is that fair? That's fair. I'm just, it's, it's, it's five and a half. Is that the lowest our win total probably going to a season since that of his first year? Yeah. I would have to say that was probably, I wonder when it was before that. Maybe Craig Thorpe's second year? No, I mean, Charlie's first two years, we were picked last in the Big East. That's true, yeah. So we were probably less than five and a half win total. Both times we overachieved. That's not, right. That sounds like something like you give the, the, the assignment to the intern at the Card Chronicle to do. Like, go look up all the uh, preseason odds and see where we, this ranks amongst our worst. We don't have interns. <laughs> we don't have interns. Jacob. <laughs> Jacob. All right, we'll take a break when we come back. Hour number two is on the way next. 502-414-1450. Fill up that Thornton sex lines with your thoughts. We're also going to take a run at Coach K because he deserves it. Uh, and it's been, what, like a full month and a half since we've done it? So it's going to happen. Yeah, it seems to. Excited about that. Uh, hour number two on the way next. Mike Rutherford Show rolls on here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big Got irrationally angry. I'm so mad right now. Trevor is head mashing in the production room in his team task shirt. More human than a human. More human than a human. More human than a human. What is happening? What a way to start the four o'clock hour. Welcome into hour number two of the Tuesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. Uh, I told you I was going to surprise you with it. Here we go. We're giving away tickets right now. Bourbon and Beyond. The but, pa- I'm, but I'm worn out. The passes are happening right now. We're doing the, the Pick the Headliner contest every day this week. Here's what we're going to do. It's happening. Today's winner will be the first person to text in to 502-414-1450. In the first hour of the show, Trevor named the last concert that he attended. What was that concert? I want to name Give me the Ooh. name of the band. First person to text that in, 502-414-1450. You are remember. a winner for the day. <laughs> I'm not going to win. I don't remember. The other thing, if you're just joining the show, and uh, this is for podcast listeners. No, intern, Jacob, you're not eligible. Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob you're out. Yeah. You're out. Sorry, dude. If you weren't a UK fan, maybe, but well, yeah, you're, you're out. You think because we don't pay you, we're going to give you free swag? <laughs> 502-414-1450. Last band that Trevor saw in concert, let us know. You win the tickets for today. Uh, also, oh, read that number one more time. 502-414-1450. So I want to make sure because Roush yesterday, last night posted on the KRC Facebook page about how they're giving away the tickets to the text line today. Okay, we got the winner. You can stop texting. And he posted his cell phone number instead of the text line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the, the, the winner is in. Um, the, the wrong answers are actually way more funny. Uh, the most recent response was Celine Dion. Uh, somebody guessed ABBA. <laughs> I I would ooh. the correct response as many okay they're still coming in this is this is the worst the wiggles now is coming the correct answer was Guns and Roses we should have gone with best right and best answer with 
not the correct one or whatever. I'll be perfectly honest. I'm flattered and very happy with how many people knew the answer. Like the fact that we have like 25 people who immediately are like Guns N' Roses. You they were listening the first hour. You could have gone old school and asked them. I've told you this before. My first concert ever. I don't think I know. You don't even remember. Was it the Eagles? No, it was not the Eagles. I was it forgot Barney? to go see them. Was it the Wiggles? <laughs> no, it was it was the Monkeys and We're All Yankees. Oh, I knew the Monkeys. I, I forgot the Wiggles. Yeah, it was the Monkeys and We're All Yankees. We could free them all. Yeah, people say they monkey around. So my first concert was the Monkeys and We're All Yankees, and my last one was Guns and Roses. <laughs> and I'm everything in between. I love that. Uh, I'm trying to think if I. I don't think I'd go. I'd probably. I'd go see ABBA if given if I had if given the free tickets. Are all the members of ABBA still alive? I don't even know what, how many members there are in ABBA. I mean, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. I'm sorry, I'm letting this guy out. He's alive. I'm like, Mamma Mia, let me go. That's where my mind just rightly went to. It's, it's not um, the same song. I don't think I'd go see Celine Dion. I don't know. Maybe if I got if if if, if I extra says shy. Oh, I'd go see shy. <laughs> I'd go see shy right now. Oh, my God. Uh, Texas says, missed the first hour. I'm so pissed. I want these tickets. Look, we're giving away a different way every single day. A lot of rhymes right there. <laughs> Unintentionally. <laughs> Unintentional lay. The fact of the matter is everybody has an opportunity to win at some point this week. And if you missed the first hour, I don't know why I'm repeating myself now because this is for the podcast listeners. Unintentional but, lay. <laughs> uh, unintentional lay. I'm keeping the rhyme thing going. We are going to do for Thursday's show, anybody who either does one of two things. Tweets a picture at Trevor Kelsey. Which I'm afraid of yourself. to look at my Twitter account oh, right it's, now. It's great right now. The, the first like three right away were just very angry men looking at you. If you tweet a picture of yourself not smiling at Trevor Kelsey on Twitter, and follow him if you don't already. Be nice. Yeah, I'm at 902. Then you're entered for Thursday's drawing. If, you don't, if you're not on Twitter, and I get it, not everybody is, you can also email me at MikeRuth5, or MikeRuth5 at AOL.com. I fear change. I'm not, not doing it again. A picture of yourself not smiling. And you're also will be in the contest. Have you received some emails as well? I have. Uh, okay. The first one I got was a teacher photo uh, photo bombing his student who was trying to take a selfie, <laughs> and, and he was not smiling. So he's, he's in. Smi- <laughs> so he's in. He's in. He's in the contest. I almost get you. Is that like a bonus? Like, does he get two drawings for that? He should, but he's not. Is the kid smiling? The kid is. Oh, the kids. The kid's very happy to oh, take well, a selfie. Yeah, he only gets one. Yeah. If, the, if being, the kid was both done smiling too, then yeah. So there you go. So that's that's how we're going to do Thursday. And you know, tomorrow you don't know what the hell we're going to do. We're going to surprise you. Surprise you today. We're going to surprise you But if tomorrow. you have any suggestions, let us know. <laughs> I also love that we're doing that. Like the, the people who tweeted at Trevor on Thursday when you're not even going to be here on Thursday, which is wonderful. <laughs> I can still draw. Also, open invite. Keith Wynn's going to come in on Friday. Okay. Excited about that. You say open invite for anybody. Thursday, open invite. He wants to co-host, co-host the show, taking taking all applications. I know. I, I, I left you high and dry not giving you a Wednesday to bring Sean in. I, exactly. Well, any other week, Thursday would have worked. And they're on the road, too, aren't they? This week? No, they're home against Virginia, but it's the Thursday, Friday, Saturday series because oh, it's the last series okay. of the regular so, season. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say, I was wondering why he couldn't still maybe do Thursday. but Yeah, we're talking Louisville baseball. Yeah, because the ACC tournament starts next week and it gotcha. starts, I think, on Wednesday, they have to give everybody needs that extra day of rest potentially. So almost all the ACC series this weekend are Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I think that's why we're going OG Studio then because we probably have the Louisville game maybe coming out of here along do with. Do we have confirmation on that i'm not okay because i need to know whether or not i'm going to jeffersonville on thursday and friday or like not. you would remember until the day of anyway i remember last time i did not I remember the time reminder. before yeah, you were even early too last time you got there pretty decently i was prepped i was yeah i was still traumatized by the last experience do you still using gps for it or do you know oh i still now? use gps i use yeah. gps for everything come on <laughs> come on does it take you off exit zero when you go gps couldn't tell you i just tell i just turn when it tells me to turn yeah. no idea um so 
we've got that going on. If you want to host the show Thursday, let me know. Also, Louisville baseball is in action tonight. Last non-conference home game of the season, at least until the uh, the NCAA tournament. The Cards will take on Eastern Kentucky, who Trevor is terrified of, at 6 o'clock. First pitch there at Jim Patterson Stadium. Colonels, man. They, Colonels. I mean, they have a baseball tradition like none other. Freaking Colonels. A.W. Hamilton's got the basketball team rolling. <laughs> <laughs> I love A.W. Love it. Like the, the root beer? No, not A and W. A.W. <laughs> he was at Hargrave Military. Produced uh, many great prospects, including really? Luke uh, Hancock. Uh, a friend of mine, Terry Rozier. Friend of mine, uh, Anton Gill, went to Hargrave. Did he? Was yeah. he a great basketball player? No, no, he played, but he did play football briefly there. Was it Anton Gill? There, no, it's not Anton Gill. <laughs> he was at the same time Eddie George was at uh, was at uh, their rival, which is like uh, Fort Fort Union, I think is what it's called. Sounds right. Yeah, they played against because uh, I think his like sophomore year they played against George the senior year. Anton Gill will always be remembered for the NC State game. I remember Antonio because I remember when he, when he, we signed him. I remember giving my buddy. I was like, "Look, we got a kid from Hargrave." He's like, "Yeah, we got two. He and Rogier were on the same team." We I forgot about Rogier. Yeah, how could you? <laughs> you remember Antonio, no, but I remember, you I, forgot I, about Terry Rogier. Forgot Rogier went to Hargrave. Yeah. Remember Rogier originally was from Ohio, who committed to us, then went to Hargrave. Exactly. Yeah, because he was one of those rare. You know, if, when a guy decommits from you to go to prep school, do you actually still really get him? And in this case, we did. Doesn't happen all that often. No, very rare. Uh, Texters uh, has asked about if we saw the Kenny Payne quotes about guards. Yeah. Uh, he, in both the interview with Rick Bozich that we played a little bit of yesterday, and then the podcast interview that he did with John Rothstein, he was asked about his roster, and he, he noted the fact that, hey, we need some guards. He, I think he said straight up. Uh, on the Rothstein podcast, the, the exact quote was, if we get a couple guards that are lingering out there, we have a chance to be really, really good. Um, when he talked to Bozich, he said, I need another wing, and I need some guards. Guard play is critical right now. If I get a couple good guards, we're going to have a pretty decent team. So we'll see how that goes. I'm looking forward to it. A lot more confident with the national guy than the local media, where he's like, we could be pretty decent. And then if well, he was distracted Rothstein, by he Rick's says, we're going to be really, really good. It's a little bit of a different statement. Well, Rothstein doesn't do the head bombing. It was distracting him as well. Exactly. Distracted us. Exactly. It, it did. It, it's hard not to be distracted. The, Rick's a very intimidating man. I did. I, I saw some Louisville fans who were like, well, Kenny Payne clearly listening to the local radio shows and keeping up with Twitter. I'm like, no, I think Kenny Payne just looks at his roster and sees one guard <laughs> yeah. on there and is like, hey, probably need to get more of those. I mean, yeah, you don't have to really be Captain Obvious to notice it. I mean, it's like I said, you're. I mean, at West, you're playing fast and loose if you include Mike James at guard. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess you could as well. But if you're gonna do that, you could probably count uh, Lands and Reese's guard too as guards as well. They both could technically play the two. I mean, they're kind of that wing two three position. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, I mean, I don't. Again, that's if you just want to be, you know, again playing kind of fast and loose with the term. There was an update on uh, Isaiah Mosley, the transfer from uh, Missouri State, who I-, I think has taken a couple visits now, or is looking to take a couple visits. And people have, keep asking, you know, why isn't Louisville in on this kid? It seems like he'd be a great fit. I'll say the same thing that I've heard. I haven't heard any different in the last month. Is that the the word from his camp has been, you don't want to play with Monty Bates. Well, we don't have a Monty Bates technically. We don't. And if we don't get a Monty Bates, then that's going to make this even more uh, of a bitter pill to swallow. But I mean, are you okay? Let me ask you this then, hypothetically. And because I think Kentucky had this kind of situation a while back too, where they they didn't want to wait for somebody, and they they went on and took the player, and they knew they had locked in, and said you know, and I, they didn't get the other player. And I can't remember who the situation. I just remember TJ talking about it one time. But if I was to tell you, you get Mosley, but you have to tell you have to tell Bates, peace out. 
I mean, I take mostly over Bates, period. You're doing that? Yeah, he's better. You're kicking Bates to the curb and saying, yeah, you know what? We're just we're pulling our name out of the hat. Bates will get you more attention. I think they're, the positives for taking Imani Bates are obvious. I think Isaiah Mosley right now is a better college player. He's a better college scorer. He's not a great defender, but he averaged twenty over 20 points per game for a pretty damn good team in the Missouri Valley. I'll take the, the known commodity. When, given the roster that we have right now, he also shot 43% from three. He is a, he's a senior transfer, though, right? He would be, yeah. So that's, I mean, could that really be him saying Bates, even though he's just trying to be nice and not say the fact that we have maybe a cloud of sanctions up could over be. It, it could be. And for a long I time. I Bates on the table versus that, but yeah, okay. I mean. For a long time, the word on him was that he was going to be a Duke lean. I have no idea if that's still the case. I know that now they're saying he has significant interest in Kansas. Um, he also recently visited Mississippi State. We'll see what happens there. But it sounds like Louisville, unless something changes significantly, he's not really on our radar has Louisville even been in contact with them they have we were, we were on that list he's one of those guys when he first entered the portal you know Rossine and Goodman they're tweeting out like every school in America has reached out to this kid we were on the list yeah they reached out to him but he didn't put yeah when you say list you didn't mean that we were on like a list of his own no and I don't think he's, he's, he's put, put one, one out yeah. I don't think he's put one out I haven't seen it so the Malachi Smith stuff I think is out there I think it's very real I think he would be a big time addition I know Greer thinks he's a bigger deal for Louisville than Tyrese Hunter which I disagree with but I, I can see why what he's saying um, because Hunter gives you or Smith gives you a different element that I think Louisville desperately needs which is outside shooting that Hunter doesn't really but um, I, look we need guards there, there's no way around it we got to get some guards May 17th we got a, a little mean, bit really of time ball here handler in general we we do we, we do I mean I know that you could say a guard is it's same difference but it's not I mean we We've got wing players that can play the two at, at this point. We just need a point. I mean, right now we have we're playing we're we have barely a point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is not. Look, it's an issue. There's no way around it. There, there's no way around it. I mean, how many at this point are we already missing Jared West? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, other things that, that Kenny Payne said, I listened to the interview on WGRB. I listened to most of the podcast with John Rothstein, which I'll never forgive Kenny Payne for. Um, we, we, <laughs> he didn't make you listen. You didn't have to. You could have just let somebody else listen to it and go look at the notes. Well, no, it's part It's part of the job. You got to work. There, no, nobody else is listening to the Rothstein podcast. I've got to do it. Nobody's going to give you those notes. I mean, you got time to listen to that podcast, but you didn't have time to watch you know, a movie like Outside Providence or, or, or write the Cardinal News and Notes for my show prep today. I did. I was dealing with a chase frauder. What do you want me to say? Sorry, I'm having my livelihood stolen. I'm trying to protect my family, Trevor. That's what I'm doing with my day. Um, most of the the interview with Bozich was kind of about sort of he expanded on what we talked about yesterday, like dealing with kids that are coming off of last season, You know, dealing with the hurt, how did you heal, like why did you come back, and all that stuff. There wasn't a whole lot. We still haven't gotten a really deep, X's and O's talk with Kenny Payne, which kind of surprised me that we've gotten to May 17th. And if you ask somebody, if you if a texter asks, like, hey, what style of player are we going to have under Kenny Payne? I can't give you a definitive answer. My assumption is still, we've heard we're going to play fast, which every coach in America says when they get hired. Yeah. We've heard we're going to play. Yeah, so fun style, up and down. The players are going to, to run it. It's not going to be like a total hands-on coaches system, which has become a, a little bit of an in vogue uh, deal with new head coaches. But... I assume we're going to play mostly straight up man to man like Kentucky. Like I assume we're going to run uh, like some sort of secondary break. Uh, I, but I don't know that. I, I don't know if we're doing the dribble drive thing, which I 
really, really hope we don't because I think the game has changed, and I don't think John Calipari has evolved with it. That means we have one person that can do it. Yeah. You, <laughs> the Ellen drive. Yeah, we've got one guard that can run the dribble drive. Like, Ellis is going to get tired as hell next year. Hopefully he's, like, dead by December 30th. Um, like, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't sat down and, like, had a – expanded upon conversation about this i agree but unfortunately it's because like nerds like you and i want to know about it true when you're putting out articles online or looking for clicks people want to hear about rosters and recruits so i assume that's why that's most culture yeah i mean being positive exactly i mean that's that's what they want they be you know people majority i think want to go on they go oh kenny can you know kenny Payne spoke with so-and-so they want to hear about the the recruits coming in, they want to hear about Wagner. They want to hear about the players that are going to be on the roster. It's just not it's not cool to talk about the X's and O's until you know you have to, which will be relatively soon in the middle of the season, probably. I think it's a fair point. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I don't want to get to. I don't. Want I to be, want to know it like you and I. I mean, I'm with you, but you know. I don't want to be surprised. Like the first exhibition, like we come out like a three three one defense. Like well. <laughs> Like or one like the one three one press. I'm like what, if we come what are out we doing? in a triangle two, I'm going to stand up and give him an ovation. They're running the four I'm corners to, offense. I mean, <laughs> I've got no idea. I mean, didn't we already run the uh, the NBA one guy in one corner, one guy in the other corner? Jeez, yeah, spread we, out last year. I we mean, kind of did. We tried. I mean, that's what we did. Didn't go great. We came out looking like the Houston Rockets. Ross McMahon's <laughs> just sitting like that on the bench, like week one, like what? He's back? This works in Golden State. (laughs) Texas says TK will love the fact that A&W Hamilton took over uh, for a guy named Mug Johnson. (laughs) Do you ever go to A&W's? Oh, yeah. There used to be the one over on High... Just not over over here, but it used to be... I don't know what's there now, but it used to be a A A&W and... um, uh, Long John's combo over there by Big Lots. They're very rare around here. The only the first time I went, they had one in that small town that I worked in in Iowa, and I really liked it. Yeah, it's good. I'm, I like I said, I lived over here by one and went to it all the time. And I think the last one is still, I don't know if it's last, but I think there's one over off of Pee Wee Valley off Old Henry Road still. But I could be. Is there? Jacob's the intern chiming. He says, yes, it is still over there. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, root beer. Texas says, what do you think of Malachi Smith? Graph on carnalsports.com seems to like our chances. I've, I've heard that. He'd be a huge addition for us. I mean, I think he's a, like we were just talking about, he's a secondary ball handler. He can play the two or the one well he, enough. He's like 6'3", too, right? 6'4". Six, 6'3". Six, he's a better shooter than I think anybody on our roster right now that we've seen so far. I don't know. I can't tell you about high on that one, but. Devin Ree. I, I don't know <laughs> about that. But he is a, he's been a consistent, consistently good college shooter from outside throughout his, his career. Uh, if we get him, it's a huge addition. Like, I'm not saying it's a. And he has onions. He does. I mean, he, he knocked down the game-winning shot, although he did miss the game-winning shot against Illinois in the NCAA tournament. But he knocked down the game-winning shot yeah, to go win. to the uh, to win the Southern Conference tournament. Um, he's really good. There's no question about it. You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Texture says somehow. How did Trevor not know if he saw Slash or not? How the bleep? He's the most recognizable musician on the planet. Okay. You really want to know why? <laughs> yes. The fact that okay, so you're not allowed to smoke in Freedom uh, during the M Center. <laughs> So like so I couldn't have a cigarette. Okay. And I wasn't going to sneak a cigarette in. I did smoke a cigarette and when I was sitting in the upper level for the uh, Pink Floyd concert there though. Right and left-handed in the M Center. Proud of that one. Uh but so I did I, I full disclosure. I just had a vape pen on me. Okay. And I had like two cartridges and I was trying to make up for the fact I wasn't smoking a cigarette and it's like a three and a half hour concert and I just kept hitting it, hitting it, hitting it. By the time they got Sweet Child of Mind, I was like seeing like 
spots. Seeing children. Yeah. Like, I was, yeah like, like, I was seeing the video itself. Like, I was, I was really into So, yeah, in fairness. So it might have been Slash or it might have just been some dude. It might have just been like, you know, a plant. <laughs> I just been like a Tim from Hikes Point. I just been like a fun, a fun guy plant or something. <laughs> Texas put it on the board. All time Trevor quote. Not Scott. Let's call him Jim Jones. <laughs> He's making me drink that Kool Aid. Uh, oh my gosh! Now I'm just, just fucking, shuffling through all the attempted answers after Guns and Roses. <laughs> what were some of the good, even good ones? There, I mean, there were some good. Ones. I, I read all of them already. The, the Wiggles, the, yeah, the Wiggles were good. There Celine was... Dion was good. <laughs> Texas, when are we getting a big X crypto slash NFT? We will be rolling in the recruits. Then imagine going to a pitch where TK is selling you a cryptocurrency. I don't even know what the hell I would love. Is do you know what an NFT is? No. Give me your best guess. What do you think an NFT is? <sighs> You've, I mean, you've at least heard of this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, isn't it like a GIF? Okay. Expand. A, a meme, a GIF, isn't it like just a picture of something? Kind of. Okay. But. You're not helping me here. <laughs> kind of, sort of. Anyway. How can you be kind of of a picture? I mean. Isn't a picture a picture? It can be a lot of definitive? things. It can be a lot of things. I mean, it can be a lot of things. It can be. What is, Anything what, can be an NFT. What is it, mystique? You can sell I mean, it. Can you can it, buy it. You can own it. I mean, is, is it like, can it be a car? I once minted and posted the first Card Chronicle post as an NFT. Has not been purchased yet. Has not been, no, has not been bid on. Nobody's made a bid. I saw so they the, can own the website? No, you can own You can own technically the first post. Just burping in the mic? Yeah, because that's <laughs> how I feel about this, what you're describing. The only reason I did it, <laughs> a guy for the New York Times, this is back before cryptocurrency crashed and now everybody's losing so money. So if, the, if they buy the first post, I mean, they can post, they can like repost it as their own? Kind, no, no, not really. If you get any money off that first post, do they, do they get residuals for it? No. What the hell are they buying? It's Look, it's a very weird thing. People buy... You, you see the whole thing with like the NFTs when the NBA was selling highlights? Like You can own the LeBron James dunk. And you're like, well, can you just view it on YouTube? Yeah, but I own the NFT of it. Like it's, it, it's a, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to you. It makes sense to a, apparently some people out there to spend big money on these types of things. The only reason I did the, the Card Chronicle post was there was a big story, a columnist in the New York Times wrote this big thing on cryptocurrency and NFTs, and then he made it an NFT, and somebody bought it for like $750,000. And so I was like, well, if I can get like 50 bucks out but of this. what for $750,000? The NFT of the, the article that this guy wrote. Somebody spent three-quarter a mil just to download an article? I knew this was going to make you mad. That's why we talk about it. I mean, seriously. I mean, if I ever have not weeped for humanity more, I mean, good Lord. Uh, Texas says, going back to the Satterfield thing, coming up on year four and hoping that we get to six wins is pitiful. Sat has to go if Louisville doesn't win seven. Great class or not. Do you think that that's the, the majority opinion? Because we've, we've had. I can't this... get past somebody's paying a quarter okay. million dollars for a new Try to, article. please. We've had, the, we've had the six and six and how awkward it's going to get discussion before. Yeah. Do you think a. Maj- I kind of think that that's a minority opinion. I'm with the texter, but I think the majority opinion now is that if he gets to 6-6 six and six and wins a bowl game, the recruiting class of 2023 is going to be so strong and it's going to be enough that, that people are going to want to keep him they're, around. They're just settling. They're just, they're just trying to make themselves feel better. Okay, I but mean, that's, that's not the like, question. Do you, think it, do you think that is the majority? Do you think more Louisville fans feel that way or do you think more Louisville fans say if he goes 6-6 six and six this year, he's got to go? 
I think that probably a majority are being uh, have convinced themselves to be settled for six and six because of the recruiting class, but they're literally just fooling themselves. I mean, what is the? Here's the thing: that recruiting class coming in 2023. How many of those players do you think are actually going to make an impact in their freshman year? How many of those majority are even going to play technically in their freshman year? Well, because that and that will become the next man. And then you're this gonna, is the bridge year. So what? Yeah, and it's going to be it's going to be probably two bridge years. So you, you get for that class. I mean, so you're going to be willing to. to once that class is there, and you're you're going to settle for six and six with that class being all oh, the, the the greatness on the horizon, and that team next year goes three and nine. Yeah, to me, that's what I makes mean, this this hypothetical unacceptable. Is if you go six and six, and yeah, honestly, who cares about the bowl game after that? You beat Air Force, you lose to Air Force, whatever. If you go six and six, probably not going to win anyway. You'll have a losing overall record after four seasons, and then you'll be in a position where you have a built-in excuse for a down 2023. You know, we throw Pierce Clarkson out there as the true freshman starting quarterback. DeAndre Moore's playing wide receiver. All these guys, all these untested guys, and you only go 5-7 and seven with that team. And people will say, well, wait, you're telling me that we have to wait until, at bare minimum, year six of the Scott Satterfield era to see the true, quote-unquote, true Scott Satterfield? That's not how it works at any other time. It's not how it's worked at any other time in program history. Year three is usually the barometer. And year three last year didn't go great for us. No. Now this all goes out the window if he goes eight and four or better this year. I, I think then you feel pretty good. And then if you do go five and seven in twenty twenty three, it's a little bit more acceptable. But I, I just think it's ridiculous that we've gotten to this point, considering where we were when we entered the ACC and honestly where we were going into twenty eighteen. I mean, of all those, I mean, you're, we're going to be losing a lot probably defensively and in the trenches going from next this year to next year from twenty end of twenty twenty three. Well, Bama keeps picking off all our. Good I mean, players. it doesn't help that we. I mean, that was the, the, that's one of the reasons why there should be non low expectations going into this year because we brought back. I mean, what what did I say? It was like four of the five offensive line offensive linemen. Uh-huh. We brought back. I think what three of our most of our defensive line, our front seven in general. I know mm-hmm. we did replace a little bit of the backfield, but the front seven, with the exception of CJ Avery, is pretty much which is a big loss. Don't get me wrong, but you, you Sierra Dubla's back, who's one of the best yeah, linebackers. But we also ACC. dealt with you know not having him most of the year last year because of unfortunately injuries. Uh-huh. So he was yeah he was injured last year. It was him and Montgomery both were hurt, weren't they? Yeah, Monty got hurt. Yeah, early. well, I mean when Avery wasn't injured, he was getting thrown out of games anyway for for oh. bad hits. But I mean, he didn't get thrown out at least two games last season, but. Point being is that, the, unfortunately, all that good at coming back this year is going to be gone going into 2023. I mean, and you're going to have to be having a whole, on top of all the the aspect of having a possible true freshman quarterback, wide receiver, and maybe defensive back, which those positions, yes, you can put out there as true freshmen probably and let them get their bumps, but you can't put true freshmen out there for the most part at the offensive defensive line. No. Not going to happen. You can do it, but it's like borderline child abuse. Because that kid's going to get just completely destroyed. And we shouldn't just gloss over the fact that we're not taking advantage right now of an ACC that's as average as it's been since we joined the conference. Like, yeah. Clemson is not the supreme beast that they were. Games, but, yeah. no, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They're not the, hey, just pencil them in for 11-1, 12-0 automatically beast that they were three years ago. Florida State has – people keep waiting for them to get back. They haven't just yet. And we're sitting here saying, well, if we go 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, like – Imagine telling yourself that in 2014, that with the, the the landscape of the conference where nobody really sees any team in this league as a perennial, as, as a real legitimate national title threat outside of Clemson for this year. And even Clemson now has dipped a little bit. No matter what DJ does developing. Right. Like defensively, they're But imagine good. you're telling somebody that, like, this is the landscape of the conference. A lot of 6-6, six and six, a lot of 7-5 and five teams, a lot of 8-4 and four teams. We would have think, well, we should 
we should take advantage of that. Like we should be ten and two or eleven and one. And instead, yeah. we're sitting here saying, "Well, if we can get to six and six, you got to keep him." Or seven and five would be a good year. And it it sucks. I mean, you take the exact same roster going into the season, and we're ta- arguing, go, trying to get to six and six. Is five and a half too low? You put this. You you give this lineup to Charlie Strong or Petrino one point I mean, we're putting the bar at like ten wins or less. Yeah, it's, we're not. That's, we're not that's going hard to in, say. We're not going into this with a coach that we're confident in, thinking that six wins is going to be convincing ourselves that we should be satisfied with six wins. Well, Charlie would also like, I think, vomit upon watching this defense play a little bit. Well, just, Charlie just probably would, Charlie wouldn't have wouldn't be giving the, the, the defensive coordinator thirty tries too. Yeah, it'd be uh, he, well. He would be the defensive coordinator. He'd well, be, yeah, thankfully. Texas is how actually right on cue. How are we as a program in year four of a coach just hoping to get to at least six and seven wins? Imagine us saying this in 2016. I mean, yeah, I feel like we've just gotten to the point where we're convincing ourselves that that's okay, and that's not. I'm with you. I mean, if, if I if, listen going into last year, I get it because we were young. There was question marks. You know, the, the position that we did have stability at, I thought was somewhat you know sporadic, which is obviously the quarterback. That's not the case this year. This year, I mean, we again, I, I, the, without repeating myself over and over, this is a, a, the almost the exact same team from last year that competed very well last year and came up short. You don't come up short after that. That's that's last year was that was all your excuses. You don't have them this year, right? We've, we've seen this I'm before. not going to put up with it. If it happens again, it, it, it becomes not a well. They're so close to winning the close games. It becomes who you are. Yeah. Texture says, Trevor, my guest for the movies last night, watched all the pretty horses, followed by seven, and then capped it off with Indiana Jones. <laughs> well, which, in, with the, which Indiana Jones? I'm assuming Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. And I'm definitely not watching that Crystal Skull crap. Yeah, uh, by the way, do you want me to tell you the movies? Or did I tell you? You already told me. Oh, but okay. you can tell me on air. Oh, oh I, I can't remember. On air, Alfred, I forget. Uh, no, I, I watched Suicide Kings first. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, then I watched a movie Outside Providence, which if you have not seen it, most criminally underrated Fairly Brothers movie ever. Hilarious. You're a big fan. Loved it again. I'm gonna watch. I might watch it before they take it off stars again. Then I capped it off with a, a debate with a buddy who just would not stop begging me to watch the new Ghostbusters Afterlife movie. What do you think? It's kind of Jurassic World level, like in terms of continuations of of, of successful '90s or late '80s movies, which I guess Ghostbusters technically early '80s. But um, the dialogue I loved. I, I am a Jason Reitman fan in terms of the dialogue. Mm-hmm. The story could do without. wasn't okay. very good. The fact that they, his kids are supposed—it's like his grandkids, like it's Spangler's grandkids—and one of them is like this genius, or she's supposed to be a genius, yet she's never heard of the ghost attacks in Manhattan in the '80s. <laughs> I, I know. I'm sorry, but it, but but if a giant Stay Puft marshmallow walks through freaking Manhattan, followed by four dudes walking with the Statue of Liberty through downtown New York, yeah. I feel like this should be like right up the and, and, and good or bad. You can this. That's right. There was historical moments in American history, like well, no matter what level you put it, it'd at. be a bigger deal than nine eleven. I mean, giant like, marshmallow yeah, man I, strolling through New York. You. I was trying like to like not compare it to nine eleven or like Pearl Harbor, but yes, it's right there in that like this should be youthful common knowledge. We would have spent decades talking about how to make sure that this never happens again. And she's in this movie going, well, I don't believe in ghosts. They have clearly been documented. Yeah. Like, I don't believe them in either, but it's not like Ghostbusters is a real story in my world. The willful (laughs) suspension of disbelief can only go so far. Like, you, in this this universe, in this this area, ghosts clearly exist, 
It's it's been proven. There's video. It's not like this was, yes. this happened in 1762. I, I don't know if they're maybe not acknowledging Ghostbusters too, which is fine. You can do that. But still, even if you don't acknowledge, you know, the Statue of Liberty and a painting coming to life, then you know you can, you still have the state pup. You still have you know, uh, just ghosts in general, just just running rampant all over. I mean, the Titanic pulled up to the to, to, to the docks in the second one. I mean, come on. You can't tell me you didn't learn about this in school. You have the internet, for God's sakes. Like, her brother in the movie, who by the name was Nurse Trevor, uh, nice. is is like, he's like, oh, yeah, I, remember, I thought those were just rumors. They're rumors? What the hell, man? You're giving the Trevor a bad, the Trevor name a bad side here. I mean. I want to I, I want to be mad at you for getting this, but I would have done the exact same thing. This would have bothered me the exact same way. And the first part is they didn't even acknowledge that it was like they knew anything about it until like 40 minutes of the movie. So the entire first 40 minutes I'm going, how do these little brats not know? Apparently, I, okay, I let it slide they didn't know who their grandfather was because their mom like wouldn't tell them their real name. Okay. And didn't tell them, So they didn't know his, their grandfather was Spangler. But, like, the fact they just ignored, yeah, the whole... And she's supposed to be, like, this genius. She's, like, having, like, seismographic conversations with Paul Rudd, who's her teacher, and blah, blah, blah. Well, and, Paul Rudd's it. Yeah. The dialogue, actually, is very witty and well done. Okay, I'll, I'll watch the it. Story, it does also have kind of a... And this is going to... Somebody's going to say, well, it's because the kids and both. It does have more of... It feels more like a Stranger Things movie than it does a Ghostbusters movie. Okay. Because it's all... It's, like, four kids doing all this... And now, one of the kids is in Stranger Things that plays her brother. Plus, like the the kid that plays podcast is clearly kind of a rip off of the the fat kid from Stranger Things. And now, along the same lines, I have to okay. ask: All right, how do you feel about the, the Congress had a UAP hearing today? <laughs> Open, <laughs> a real thing. Who can I go into detail more about? <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about this? So they had a, a UPN meeting. UAP, unexplained aerial phenomenon. Okay. Basically about UFOs and aliens. Well, what it, they found the space force. It's just because it's un, unknown doesn't mean it's an alien. They released right, but they, they released a, a, a video drone. of an official UAP. They put that out there. But like Congress has not had a hearing like this publicly in fifty years. But here's the thing about this though. So they, they have all this stuff, like they're talking about it, it's open to the public, the media's reporting on it, and then they have like a closed session after the, the I'm like, well, that's the stuff that we want to know. There's like, a Roswell like, right there, yeah. They're basically like, we're going to give you all the crap that like we, we don't care if the public knows, but then the real stuff we want to talk about, you're never going to hear Why about. is it called a UAP instead of UFO now? Is there a difference? Unexplained aerial phenomena. I, I guess, I, I don't know. Semantics. I mean, I mean, but, I mean yes. I guess phenomenon is more, do they figure, is a larger umbrella than object. Or do they just think that if they see UFO, people are going to like freak out and they can get away from this on C-SPAN by calling it a UAP? Maybe flying is the word, the problem word. I don't know. It's a good question. Well, it's aerial. Doesn't the A stand for aerial? Yeah, it's in the air, but it, I guess... So aerial and flying is kind of the same thing, right? May, <laughs> maybe there's a different... Like if you like... They think, when, they, when they shoot up in the air, like you know, they talk about them like disappearing. Maybe that's not technically flying. I don't know. <laughs> talk to your congressman. This is why you need to vote. <laughs> I did not. Oh, crap. I didn't know I was supposed to vote. Can you I still, you still what, got time, what time do I have to vote till? I think the polls close at six. Is that right? Oh, I can't get there, but can, do we, I mean, is yeah. there, there's voting at this church bias? Leave or? the show. Jacob's got it. He'll handle it. He's good. Actually, Jacob, just go vote for me. Here's my <laughs> idea. <laughs> You've trained him well. <laughs> Did, what, was do the, you have a valid driver's license? Yes, I have a valid driver's license. I feel like you're one of those guys that would have one like, yeah, it expired three years ago. No, I did go. I think I did. Like, I think I was like a month behind on it. Oh, I had one time where I was like four I mean, who, who looks at the expiration date on their license to begin with, really? Yeah. Well, yeah. And it, I didn't know it until I went to go to cigarettes and the guy actually asked me for ID, which I was so proud about. I was like, yeah. 
And he's like, oh, your license expired. I was like, no. Uh, we, we have to take a break. We, people have more thoughts on this Satterfield thing, and we'll get to them on the Thornton Sex Line, yeah. 502-414-1450. So we'll come back. We'll talk about that and wrap up hour number two. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on 96.1 and 1450, the big X. I'm broke, but I'm happy. I'm poor, but I'm kind. I'm short, but I'm healthy, yeah. I'm high, but I'm grounded. I'm sane, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm lost, but I'm hopeful, baby. And what it all comes down to is that every man's gotta be fine, fine, fine. Why are we doing the last twice? That's actually the funniest one of those. The high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why are you saying it like that? Uh, well, the the more faster pace music we've heard is obviously from Louder Than Life. Yeah. And then I was just, I just kind of went with a lot more set off Urban and Beyond for today. Okay. Well, Make us I could have got other. I just, yeah, there are a lot of artists playing at these things. Yeah, and here's the problem, though, like outside the headliners, which you can pick which headliner you want to see. Not today, though. Not today. Already you, won. already been picked. Um, I don't know a lot of the people on the, uh, I guess, undercard, as you would call it. Hmm. I find I know more from the undercard of the Louder, uh, of Louder in Life than I do Urban and Beyond. Okay. Like I know, I know your headliners. Even though I'm not, I actually know a lot of that. Like I don't know who. I, I'm still not sure if like you know Belinda Carlisle is, is her kid that's singing, or if you know these things are easy to find out. I, I know one Kings of Leon song. It's the one that was like on the car commercial. The sex is on fire. Yeah, that's the only song I know by them. I mean, I know of them though, so I just I know I know they're popular. So I'm not gonna like. But I think I know. I guess it's also because like I I was kind of more like the I was always a rock kid, like especially in the '80s and early '90s. Like I got in the grunge thing too. So Alice in Chains and yeah. um, you heard the White Zombie song just I played last last segment, which is actually the only Rob Zombie song I really know anyway. But because it was popular as hell when I was in high school. Um, well, I, I tell you what, we'll get back to the text line, the Satterfield conversation. I think in, in a second. I did mosh pits. I promise you did. I, I, that does not surprise me at all. Oh, I'm. I, I, you I went, strike me as a mosher. I went to a mosh pit at, and like, like it was on 2002. I went and saw Blink 182 with a buddy of mine. Um, and like I, I was like, I'm gonna go up. We had seats, and I was like, right, Can we make the story quick? We, we no. need to move on. So I was like, I'm gonna go. Up to, I want to go up to the field. I want to be in the mosh pit. I'm still 22. I can still do this. And man. Like it was not like it was when I was in high school. Like these kids don't know how to mosh properly. There you go. They're just so wimpy. They're buying NFTs. The rare old man take from Trevor through the viewpoint of a twenty-two year old. Twenty-two year old Trevor already acting like a sixty-year-old man. <laughs> I'm over shoving people, and they're like, "Oh man, you shoving me? I'm like, it's a mosh pit, dude. Come right. on, could be get more wild. Couldn't be more on brand. All right, we have to Light slander. A fire. It's time to slander, Coach K. It's time. Okay. I don't know if you Perfect saw segue. this. So the. Dukes, I guess, had to release its tax filings for the 2020-2021 school year. This is two athletic seasons ago, if you want to look at it from that point. How much do you think that Mike Krzyzewski earned, we're talking just from the school alone, for this specific season? Not endorsements. Just, just on base salary? Just base salary from the school. 
Six point five million. Twelve and a half million dollars. Really? Wait a minute, how is he not? The, I thought he wasn't the highest paid. If you remember, Duke went thirteen and eleven that season. I'll do the math for you. Translates via via Matt Norlander, so he's doing the math for me. That's one point zero four million dollars per win that season for Mike Shashevsky. <laughs> There's no way that the, the the Coach K farewell tour, which ended in flames and tears and rat poop everywhere there's no way that he made like less than 15 million now i feel like this but the best part of this so it's a new story is it because duke's a private school that we don't he doesn't get listed amongst the highest paid coaches each year you are correct okay well he does but like they don't give away like the the school laced incentives like all that stuff like that's kept behind closed doors okay i see i was going off base salary too when you asked me though yeah this is just like school stuff like not Outside of Duke endorsements, yeah. not outside of that. This is just from Duke University. This is what they paid him. They paid him a million dollars per win that season where they missed the NCAA tournament. Was it part of the contract? So <laughs> Joe Oliva was asked about this and said the school was, quote, able to do a few things for Mike in his contract, but believe me, he didn't make his decision based on a financial situation. Shashevsky asked about it, agreed. He said, quote, the allure of coaching in college has no price. Trevor, this man does it for the kids. He does it for the right reasons. He does it for the NFTs. He does it for the love of the game. He doesn't do it for money. Was it a Costner movie? If he gets paid a million dollars per win, that's a nice little added bonus. But he's not doing it for that. Yeah, he's he just want he he's doing it for the future, and the future is our the children are our future. And you know that it's more about the kids and the love of the game because he spent an entire year letting everybody know that he's going to retire and letting everybody around the world heap their praise upon him and him alone. Well, he, he knows that people want to have a chance to see him before he leaves. Because it's not about him. No. It's not about money. No, 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 no. It's about winning, which Duke didn't do this year. <laughs> well, they they lost they, to North Carolina they twice. They get to the Battle four, I mean. Yeah, and lost in the ACC title game. Nah, well, they do that on a regular <laughs> basis. Congrats. I mean, he he's giving most of that money back, though, right? Because it's not about the money. Well. I mean, he's going to take it if it's given to him, right? The allure of coaching in college has no price, Trevor. The allure of coaching has no price. I feel like I used that same slogan when I went into radio. The allure of radio has no price. And Dickie was like, damn, Skippy. <laughs> the allure of producing the Mike Rutherford show has no price. Trevor actually was offered $12.5 million to do the show. I turned it down. Turned it down. I was Flat. like, nope. Said, you know what? Having too much fun. Yeah. I it's might, about Mike. I might have to buy a financial planner if I do that. I don't want to do that. It's about the text line. It's about the kids. It's not about me. I'm, I'm giving all that money back. It's not happening. It was nope. never about the money. That's why he turned down NBA jobs. <laughs> My reaction was similar to when Seinfeld turned down the menage a trois. Like I gotta get all new new friends. I gotta get new lighting. I can't new be carpet. a threesome guy. I can't be a, I can't be a threesome guy. I gotta grow a mustache. No, no, I can't handle this. <laughs> I mean, twelve and a half million dollars for that season is just. Which season was it again? They, they two went, years ago, when they went thirteen and eleven, they beat us in the AC tournament, and then had to yeah, COVID yeah. knocked them out, um, and then they missed the NCAA tournament. Uh, the other quote from the university's vice president, whose name is Michael Schoenfeld, says, uh, Coach K's compensation has always reflected his strong commitment to athletic and academic success. Yeah, because nothing says academic success like paying $12.5 million. <laughs> For 42 years at Duke and his extensive and impactful service at the university, the community, and the country. Oh, wait a minute. Repeat that again? I mean, 
You forget when Mike Krzyzewski won the Gulf War. Was he getting, was he getting a purple heart here? Or was he, what, was, what, was, what was he this for? Mike Krzyzewski single-handedly kept us out of World War III with Russia <laughs> many times. He's, he's, doing, he's doing his damnedest right now. He's trying to solve that whole thing in Ukraine. Well, that's why he retired from basketball. He's heading over there to, 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 to beat up Putin. You know, he had, to, he had to go as quick as possible. That's why he lost to North Carolina. Two Ooh. more days was going to be too much. Putin versus Coach K in a, in a boxing match. Well, right now it sounds like Coach K probably <laughs> <win>. <laughs> well, I'm They're split here. Jacob thinks Putin. You got Coach K. Well, if Putin wasn't about to die, I think. Uh, <laughs> sounds like his health is down. But still, though, I don't know. It sounds- Putin on deathbed versus Coach K, I don't know. Putin may be. I don't know. I, I think Putin may still have. Something tells me he Putin will win by the squad. Coach K is probably a biter. I have a feeling he's just gonna he's gonna do something dirty in this match. Oh, he'll punch a crotch. Oh yeah, he's he's well, he's gonna low blow somebody. He's gonna pinch if he has. Yeah, there's no doubt about I just, it. I'm, now I'm picturing a wrestling match and like Grayson Allen running doing a run in, like to, 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 to attack Putin behind the referee's back. Man, meanwhile Shire's up on the apron and grabbing the ref trying to get his attention. Oh man, <laughs> I <laughs> I can't wait to see the tax filings for next year. I'm already excited. I mean, what was? What was uh, Chris Mack's uh, tax uh, money that year? Well, he's off saving the country. It doesn't matter. He's off saving the country. <laughs> saving the country, too. He's actually why the Russia-Ukraine conflict happened. Tried to help out. Did more harm didn't than good. Didn't work out. He did, I mean, the, the timeline does stack up there. He left in late January. Russia finally invades in mid-February. He, uh, he did his damnedest, and it fell apart, and just like Malik Williams. It's all right. We got Kitty Payne now. He won those games, and he saved Ukraine. Save one of those games, <laughs> saved Ukraine's. Um, There's a t-shirt for you. <laughs> Texas says, uh, it just dawned on me with NIL and Transfer Portal, coaches are now expendable, no more binary contracts, no more buyouts, no more agents calling the shots. Ooh, huh? I think it's it's a fair point. What, uh, what does he mean by their, their – he say irrelevant, though? Expendable. Or? Expendable. I do wonder if coaches – if the day, if, if the era of the big coaching contract is kind of, I'm not going to say coming to an end, but if we've reached sort of a bubble where they're going to stop just being so outrageously high, at least how, in college sports. How so, though? I don't, I mean, you still need to coach the team. I mean, I mean, you've talked about it before. It's easier to rebuild now than it ever has been before the transfer portal. I, I think that you can get. Yeah. In basketball, it was always not it was always the easiest to rebuild and now it's gotten easier over years yeah but and the built-in advantages now via NIL, like nil has become i'm not gonna say more important than coaching but if you're getting players nil is becoming and i think it's going to continue to become a huge deal like it's remember, uh, yeah but you still need listen, I, I, and i said and i know some have disagreed with me but i mean kentucky you hire the wrong coach i don't care what university you are it's gonna it can go downhill quick i mean the coach the coach makes the university not the other way around but I think that's changing. I don't know. We can disagree I, on that. I, I, think I mean, because here's the thing: you can have that, yeah, and you can have you you can have you know you know team school A bringing in a, a buttload of talent because of their nil and all this stuff. But if they have a coach that's just not a good coach, then they're still going to underachieve. Maybe I mean hmm. I I think getting players though now, like what it takes to be a good recruiter now, is rapidly changing. Is rapidly evolving. I, you no longer have to like Calipari. Clearly had good workings with the shoe contract with with the Nike people. He had his own handlers. He he had he was able to forge relationships with the AAU, the handlers, whatever you want to call them. Like now, all of a sudden, you got to be good with the business owners, the local business owners, with the boosters. You've got to. It's no longer just keeping them happy by 
shaking their hands and, and maybe showing up to a dinner and giving a speech. No, I, I, you've got to keep those people. Not only do you have to keep them happy, you've got to keep them in check. No, I get that. But, I mean, when it's all said and done, the smoke clears, though, you have to coach the team. I mean, you have to – example, I mean, look at North Carolina, Matt Doherty. I mean, that team had talent coming out the, the, the yin-yang. But he couldn't win, and Ro Williams comes in with that exact same roster and wins a national title. I agree with you. I mean, here's the problem. Here's roster. the difference, though. Like Cal is always, and I've always given him credit for this. I think he's been the best at the game in the one and done era at taking all of this individual talent and getting them to buy into the concept of team. Like we've seen a lot of coaches bring in some high level draft picks and have it blow up in their face. I mean, Johnny Jones could not get that team to even do anything at LSU. No. Ben Hallen tried to do the same thing at UCLA one year with Shabazz Muhammad and, and that crew flopped miserably and he the, was out. The irony is But he's, hold on Trevor. I know. The like it, it's becoming a different animal now to because back in the day when you got these players to commit to you, you were getting them to commit based off of, you know, promises that you made to th- their parents, promises that they made to whoever. All of a sudden, if a guy is going to your university because he's getting an NIL deal from a car from a car dealership, they may not feel as indebted to you as they did before. I, I think building the right chemistry moving forward is going to be a much tougher, or at least a much different task than it has been for the last fifteen years. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess yeah, the, the player may not have the same connection to the coach, but I don't think that that's not the same as saying the coach is expendable now that, that you can bring in buttloads of talent just off nil. Well. I think we're getting there. I think it's changing. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we still I mean, see the same guys having the same amount of success. Good, I think it's going to change. A good coach, especially in the college game, can still outdo even the more talented teams. Yeah, but like what it takes to be a good coach, I think, is changing. Well, I'm talking X's and O's and on the court. I mean, yes, you can, well, there's two different styles. You can have a guy like, yeah, they, they can they can bring all the talent in and be everybody's best friend and shake their hands and – but yet doesn't win doesn't when it comes you know when it's all said and done. Who are you talking about? I mean, there's probably examples out there off the top of my head. I Thinking can't. about somebody? I mean, <laughs> Dale Brown. <laughs> I mean, the guy had once had Stanley Roberts and Shaquille Neal and Chris Jackson on his team and couldn't get out of the second round of the tournament. Yeah, uh, can't do much better than that. Texas says outside Providence is a classic. Thank you. And then I don't know. I don't think I can say that word. Blank Dunphy. Oh yeah, that's that Alec Baldwin plays the dad. That's what he calls his son the whole movie. Okay, it's so great. Sounds great. Sounds like a great dad. His best friends is called Drugs Delaney. When he when he goes to the school, the headmaster goes, "Do you have a friend named Drugs?" And he goes, "Drugs Delaney." And the guy goes, "How many people do you know that could be associated with the name Drugs?" He's like. Yeah. <laughs> said, I'm so impressed that TK figured out that NFTs are a scam. I can't believe how quickly this might be his finest work. I brought up that my wife texted to say she was with Trevor on, on NFTs, and it just sent him into another rant uh, during the break. I just don't understand how it's even... This is perfect for a Trevor I want rant. someone who's actually bought one to, to like defend it to me legitimately. I want. I mean, and, and, and how the lot, how logically they have any kind of reasoning behind it. I don't get it either. It it's, makes no sense. It's just give me... It's not for us. Just give me some money then. I'll here. I'll, I'll give you a toenail, or so. I mean, you might as well. It's the same value. Oh man, give me money. Texas, how can you say how good Cal is at bringing teams together while also discrediting everything he's done at UK and making your new model? Kenny Payne won those games. The same games used to discredit Cal. Is it just rivalry talk? I'm not saying those things. Like I, I don't discredit Cal when it comes to that. Like I, I feel like I'm pretty good about giving Cal his proper credit. Now I do think he's you know he's on the downside of his career at UK, but that. Stats back that up. Haven't been Must to a final four since twenty fifteen. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I think you're you're confusing what I'm saying with what every Louisville fan is saying. I mean, I 
the Kenny Payne won those games thing is kind of a joke. Like I do like how you you talk about Cal like it convinces players to embrace the team aspect, yet he he convinces them to embrace the team aspect for their own personal gain. Well, yeah. I mean, that's just I find that kind of funny. It's yeah, it's sort of a it's a catch for, you, for you to be the individually successfully individually as in the draft. You need to embrace the team in college. And Kenny Payne echoed that same sentiment yesterday in the yeah. WDRB interview. He essentially said the same thing, which I agree with. Unlo- the, the best thing for you individually is your team success. Unlike everything in the last more set song, that is actually ironic. There's nothing in that song that's ironic, yet that is. Which is a great fact. Yeah. (laughs) Remember when we were talking about the definition of irony? Let's take a break. We'll come back. Hour number three. Hour number three is on the way next. We'll talk uh, less Coach Case Lander. We'll get back into the Satterfield stuff because the text line still wants to talk about it. So we'll make that happen. Coming up, five o'clock hours next here on Mike Rutherford Show, 1450, The Big X. Only one thing to think of. Yeah. Only no. one thing to think of. It's Dwayne's World. Yeah. I mean, it, well, there, it's the video too. I mean, there's still Wayne and Garth running around. I think of Wayne's World every single time I hear the song. You have to. Every time, honestly, every time I hear Alice Cooper or see Alice Cooper, I think of Wayne's World and his spiel. Actually, it's pronounced Milwaukee. Milwaukee. <laughs> so good. I mean, you want to hang out with Alice? Hang, who Alice Cooper wants to hang out with us? Okay. <laughs> I mean, Wayne's World has aged so gracefully. It's so good. Oh, it definitely holds it's up. It's incredible. Right? I mean, it came out, what, 92, I want to say? Early 90s at some point. I remember my mom was dating this guy, and she took me to, to wait to see it on my birthday. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> was that yeah. your favorite of your mom's boyfriends? Yeah. No, it was no. A power the, move by him. No, the guy that bribed me when we went to the, the drive-in movies was probably my favorite. Cause, oh, I remember that story. Yeah, because he gave me like a twenty, and I like came back. I was like out of money. He's like, "You're not a twenty kid." I'm like, "Thanks." <laughs> <laughs> Saw Robin Hood with uh, Kevin Costner in it. Well, terrible movie choice. Oh, it was horrible. Whatever. I mean, he. I, what was he thinking? Taking that on a date movie? Come on, man. You take you take you gotta go to the scary movie in the drive-in when the date. Oh man. You know, uh, he's bringing the single mom with her kid. <laughs> Guy's not exactly a player. <laughs> Welcome into the 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. If you're just joining us, a lot of this to, today, that's okay. We've also talked about the over-under win total of UofL football, which has been set at 5.5 according to uh, virtually everybody who does this sort of thing. Uh, also, cards are getting 60-1 to 1 odds to win the ACC. Only four teams in the conference are getting worse odds. Well, how much are different are the odds above us, though? I don't, I don't have it. You don't have it for any more? Okay. Once again. I mean, just give me a heads up. Well, you don't give me a heads up. You just do the contest at me, NFTs. I, I mean, I, I, I'm setting the table here for the show. I don't, I don't have the odds I, in front of me. The table. It's been two hours now. Well, I'm setting the table for the five o'clock. If you're hour. gonna set the table. Let me finish my roast beef then. You're, 
Trevor's eating two hours old roast beef. It's longer than that because I got it at like 2.30. But good Lord. It's still good. Oh, I got a good one today, too. I went back to roast beef from the chicken bacon Swiss, and, and I, I think I made the right decision. We've slandered Coach K. We have not gotten around to slandering Nick Saban. We will this hour. We have recapped the fact that my uh, debit card got hacked today, and I'm getting all sorts of crazy charges. That's how I spent my day. And Trevor still willing to call me out for not doing enough on news and notes, not getting the tweet up. And all I'm saying is, I'm look, I'm, I'm taking care of my kids, trying to, to protect the family. Didn't you have a babysitter over there today? Uh, Mary's mom and dad were over today. I mean, I don't get the excuses, man. I still had to take Virginia to school. I still had to pick up Virginia from school. How long is she at school for? Three hours. Okay. Well, you had three hours. I mean, an pick hour. Her and her niece. An hour of that was, was, was. Get Virginia. Look, Mary's sick. John's sick. Your son's sick. We're having. We're falling apart. But the, I'm the, trying but to the, hold us together with pots <laughs> and with dealing with you. I mean, you, you, you had a three hour window there. I mean, obviously, I mean, the in laws are helping with my boy. They are. And it, you know, Mary can get some rest because she deserves it. She's struggling. And, I mean, dealing with you alone deserves a three-hour rest. You're not wrong. And so you had three hours. I mean, I'll give you an hour of it dealing with Chase. It was like an hour and a half. I mean, it was terrible. seriously, an it hour was and awful. a half. It was awful. And then I had to go vote because I'm a great American, unlike you. Um, was 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 Mayor of Briarwood available on this year's Mayor ballot? Mayor of Briarwood was not was not on my ballot. <laughs> I'll let you know. You would have had my vote. I, mean, I would have penciled you in. I just want people to just pencil me in and vote me. If it's if you see it on your ballot, people, vote Trevor Kelsey for Mayor of Briarwood. I just want I just want to hear the knock on my door and like the, the neighbor the current mayor come over like you beat me. I'm like, damn, Skippy. Hands you a crown. It's like, well, I didn't know I got this. I would have I would have run even harder if I'd known this was a thing. It is jarring that I've gotten to the age now where I'm going through, like, the judicial races, like the, 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 the races to, like, the new judges, and I'm seeing people that I went to grade school with. I'm like, oh, does that Megan's bi- running. Does that I'll, give, I'll give her my – yeah, absolutely. I, I voted for her. I don't know who any of these other judges are most of the time. Well, that doesn't seem right. You, should, you shouldn't vote on that. You should vote – this is why you shouldn't vote. Well, I researched the – You're just throwing names out there. I had strong opinions on the seven big races that I knew. But when you get into the judge races – Seven? I mean, yeah, there, there was a lot of – I mean, it's a big election, Trevor. It's a big election. How have I not heard about this? Well – I mean, shouldn't I be seeing commercials? Yeah. How have you not seen commercials? I mean, I see. I guess there's one commercial I saw where a guy's talking about um, something, and then I know my cousin. There it is. I know my cousin's the campaign manager for some dude that you know is running for for mayor, I believe. But I didn't know it was like coming up right away. Isn't he coming on the show? I don't know. I should look up his name again. Let me look. I think he's, I think you said his last name was Hayes because I've never heard of him. He's a Republican running for mayor, which means he's not going to win. Yeah, and he like hired my cousin as a campaign manager while he met her at a Bible study. Exactly, which is because originally— Which makes I, me wonder, is he trying to pick her up at a Bible study? And if so, why would you—I mean— <laughs> I was against the idea originally because if you have politicians on sports radio shows, you have to have—you have to give equal opportunity to everybody who's running. We found that out at the, uh, the other show. And so I was like, no, 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 we can't do that. And then you said— <laughs> This guy that I've never heard of hired your friend as a campaign manager after a Bible. And I'm like, you know what? Change my mind. I want both of them on the show. And what I want I, them on tomorrow. What did I say? I thought, I thought his last name was? You told me it was Hayes. Okay, not even close. <laughs> not surprised. Uh, let's see here. He he is once a Bellarmine basketball player. Okay. And she said he played pro ball. Well, what's his name? Chartrail Hall. Okay, Hall. I, I know Chartrail Hall. Oh, you do? Yeah. Like personally? He's... He's slightly younger than I am, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I've met him before. He came, actually came on our old show before. He was doing something else with Bellarmine. Like oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, well, apparently my cousin is uh, his campaign manager. 
Well, there you go. I did not know he was running. I did not see him on the ballot, <laughs> no, I'll be perfectly not. honest. He didn't know he was running either. Maybe if he'd done the Rutherford show, he'd gotten more votes. <laughs> Sorry, Haley. <laughs> okay. This has become, yeah. Well, now I'm even more interested. Well, yeah, we've, we've missed the opportunity to get him on the show. I mean, he's got, he's got 50 minutes. I'm plugging him right now. That's good, right? I'm, I should get like a family high five for that. Sure. There you go. Hall she, had, she was like, can I put a sign in your front yard? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> not nothing against the family i'm all i'm all for supporting family but yeah i just i don't do signs in the front yard he's a reverend dog poop yes signs no yeah uh jacob who's sitting in with us the intern you don't know this trevor famously does not clean up his dog's poop in the yard so no. he just has a yard just completely loaded with crap it is literally no that is the 100 farthest thing from the truth it's well I mean, there, there, there are definitely dead spots in the grass from the pee, but Trevor's philosophy is that it goes away. Yeah, exactly. It, it does go away, does it not? Does, isn't isn't poop? Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fertilizer. Biodegradable with time. Yeah, a lot of time. I mean, that's how you have four dogs. They poop a lot. Uh, you're you're bash me. Some people, a dude lived on Mars because of poop. Okay, this is true. He grew potatoes in poop. I mean, in a fictional world. I thought it was based on a true story. Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon's making a life for himself. So the, the big thing yeah. that we've talked about that today. is why I know what a botanist is. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I learned, I learned from film. Texas says, Trevor, when you set the table, where's the fork go? Where's the knife go? Where does the spoon go? What is this, pretty woman? I, re- <laughs> I count the tongs. <laughs> oh, we, can't, we can't get away from pretty woman this week. Why are we setting tables anyway? What do you mean? Who? I don't set a table. I, just, I was. I made the, a reference to setting the table for the, the five o'clock hour, which you. Oh, I got stormed you. in like the Kool Aid Man and stomped all over, <laughs> and so now that's where the, the setting the table thing comes from. I still use. I just use the plastic silverware I took a bunch of from when I go to like take out. Texas says dog poop doesn't fertilize. <laughs> Says you. What are you a botanist? <laughs> <laughs> Did you study it? What do you think fertilizer is, dude? Or or do that. It's, it's 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 poop. Um, Texas, I would actually pay good money for Scott to come on the show as a guest. Me too. Yeah, I would. Do, I would ask some questions. I want that Angels Envy autograph bottle that everybody else seemed to get in Louisville besides us. <laughs> what's an angel? What's an angel? Is that a liquor? It's yeah. It's it's bourbon. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. Not familiar with it. It's that, I think Jonathan Blue had a big part. What in was he giving away bottles to people who had him on? Who invited him on radio? Did you guys see that whole thing? He was doing no. like a big thing a few months ago, like a you know Scott Satterfield reached out to the fans tour where he went on every radio show besides ours and was giving everybody <laughs> bourbon bottles that were autographed. I mean, is this guy just so desperate to be loved? I mean, he had to beg to keep his job. You're single handedly keeping Scott Satterfield off the show. I mean, he, your he, comments have kept you've you've ruined many potential relationships for us over the last eight I mean, months. What kind of gifts, I'm fine with it, but I'm just of, letting you know you're keeping Scott Satterfield off the show. I mean, what kind of gifts did he give Vince to keep his job amongst the oh uh, the pleading and, and begging? Oh my god! <laughs> Texas says, Mike, did you say barometer? But B R O H M. Did I say it? I used the word barometer last segment, and now people are saying it's barometer. What I, what I don't get, and what's wrong with that? Nothing. Isn't it barometer? It is, but people are spelling it like Jeff Brom. Utter. Oh, B R O H. I got you. Okay. Texas says Jeff Brom needs to start recruiting Pierce Clarkson just in case. Um, yes. Forge that relationship. Also, can we reach out to Milton Wright? What's, yeah. What's the latest acad- on that? Our, our academic standards are clearly not as high as Purdue. I promise you that. Well, they're not. But my cousin graduated from Purdue. Nobody. Great. Nobody has. <laughs> He's a fighter pilot with the Air Force. Give him some love. He's saving this country just like Coach K. He lives in Japan. Slightly less than Coach K. About to have his first child living in Japan. 
congrats to him. That's yeah. awesome. He's the first kid in a couple months. Nobody has given me any sort of clarity on the Milton Wright situation. Because if he's academically ineligible just at Purdue, you know what? I think we can get him in here. I mean, just, you know who needs him? <laughs> we need him. I'm surprised Kentucky. I mean, I know they have no standards for academics. No, I mean, we no, have, they don't have ex- they don't have standards for showing up to court for DUIs. Hey, hey, his attorney, <laughs> his attorney got confused. That, that happens all the time. That, what, ser- seriously, if you're Chris Rodriguez, I mean, decision making aside from getting a DUI on Derby weekend with broken taillights, poor, poor choice. Now you're now now you're telling me the attorney you hired can't even remember your damn court date. Look, poor choices were made. That's like his only job is to remember the court date. That's, he has no other thing. This is whole sole reason for living and being employed is to show up at court for said person. When you go to law class for a year, like I did, I mean, this can't be Morgan and Morgan, right? They teach you very few things. Like I, I've remembered very little. One of the things that I do remember, though, was when you have an assigned court date, you, you need to show up. Specifically, when you tell your client, "Don't worry about showing up. We've got this." Was it? Were balls dropped? Absolutely. There's no question about it. I mean, Chris Rodriguez knows a lot about dropping you, balls near the goal line, too. Do you honestly His believe His attorney this? clearly fumbled the bag right before. Yeah, I mean, he's got to have inadequate representation. He's got a lawsuit on his hands. You should sue these guys. I mean, I feel— Sue your attorney. I, I, Make it happen, I'm T-Rod. I'll respect the, you more. I wonder if the attorney's just falling on the sword for him. Like, the, the, he just didn't show up. The attorney's like, crap. Like, we can't get him in trouble. He's our starting running back. Well, there's no point in even going that far. Like, all you have to do is show up in Lexington if you're a U.K. athlete. I mean, you, you, know, you know who you will anyway. show up for you? Phil Rich. He's in Portland. He's not just going to show up for you. He's going to make it rain. Yeah, I mean, Lord, I did, I forgot I had your court date. I told a cop that one time. <laughs> you know how it worked out? How many yards did you rush for in college? None. <laughs> I got rushed instead. I got handcuffed and rushed to the back of a car. How many times have you been arrested? No, half a dozen. Have you really? Give or take, yeah. That many? Well, now, the last time was not my fault. Okay. Because, Just like Chris Rodriguez. Yes. <laughs> in fact, it's almost identical. I I got a ticket in, in Warren County when I was living in Bowling Green. T. Kells. And I didn't know. I, I, I thought I'd talk to my attorney, and he said he was going to take care of it. Uh-huh. I won't put his name out there because he's helped me more times than this. Sure. So he, this one, he just dropped a ball on. Probably because, unlike his other clients, I didn't pay him. Can we just respect the fact that you just slandered <laughs> Chris Rodriguez and his attorney for a solid five minutes for something that quite literally exactly happened to you? Yeah, but Chris Rodriguez is more more heinous in his home city. Like, I'm asking my attorney, who, by the way, has many more clients, well more important than I am on his staff. Okay. You know you know my attorney. You you went to Trinity with one of his kids. Did I? Or his nephew. You'll, okay, well, let's talk about this off air. First name, John. Okay, there you go. So, yeah, obviously I'm down the pecking order of this attorney, and, and rightfully so. I get that. I'm a speeding ticker, lack of insurance or something. Great guy, time. by the way. Awesome. Great lawyer, too, when he wants to show up. And <laughs> remembers well, to show up for me. He's dropping you for a client now. <laughs> Sorry, I moved up to the Miscagnies. And so he's, he, I, he, I, the cops come to my door. I'll never forget my cousin who was staying with us at the time answers it. And I'm like, don't answer the door, Olivia. And she's like, huh? And I answer the door. And they're like, is Trevor Kelsey here? She's like, yeah, one minute. I'm like, what the bleep are you doing? Oh. Like, she denies doing this like years ago. I'm like, you moron. Like, they can't come in and arrest me. They, you can just tell them I'm not here. They have to leave. So what it was, I didn't have a ticket. My, he had forgotten and, and to, to send in the paperwork and stuff for it. And so they came and they handcuffed me, took me to the car. I was such, so embarrassing. Like, like <laughs> and What sucks is I actually got out and was on Renshaw's show later that afternoon. 
Oh my god! I call Renshaw. I'm like, I might not be able to make it in today because, like, this is like nine in the morning. I just got arrested. The show's at three, and I got out like I think around two fifteen, and I went to White Castle. I felt bad, so I went to White Castle and bought a crave case for everybody at the studio. Naturally, and, and came in. And I'm like, I'm here. Here's White Castle. But that was the last time I was great arrested. story. Yeah, I love my favorite friend being arrested story, and I've got several. Uh, Danny, aka Podcast Trevor. Of course, that's our, why he's podcast Trevor. Our freshman year at Dayton, it was Little Sibs Week, and his little brother was, I mean, 15, 16 at the time. It was the first time he'd ever drank, which, if the snarts <laughs> are listening, my apologies. We, cover your ears. So we're, we're in charge of this young man, and Danny, we go to a party. It gets broken up. Danny's very clearly, like, I think he, like, kicked a car or something, just, like, trying to make a joke. Great joke. These are, like, late teens, early 20 arrests, It's right? my freshman year of college, yeah, so we're, we're 19. My I, last I guess one, would be 18. My last one, I was in my high 20s, but, it's, again, it was not, like, something bad. So the cops see him. They start chasing him. He runs into a random house, and he's, like, he's like <laughs> he, like, looks at the girl, and he's, like, shh. And she's, like, he's in here. That's a plot for Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> the cops run in. He comes out in handcuffs. He looks at his little brother, like, staring at him in shock. The way he describes it is, like, in blow when they arrest Johnny Depp. And he walks in, and the little girl is just, like, staring at him. And he's, like, got the handcuff. He's, like, I felt like – he's, like, I thought it was your heart. It's, like, that's, that's how he felt right there. It's but a it was, comparison because if anybody's doing that, I think they're doing more than just drinking. Well, <laughs> it was very, very funny. And then we ended up having he's – like, he's, like, just stay with Molly, like his friend Molly, <laughs> the rest of the night. He was fine. Have you ever been arrested? No. I mean – it's not. I mean, it's not that bad. You just go, like. The, <laughs> I mean, really, it's not like the first time. Louisville's I, favorite kid-friendly sports radio show. I here. mean, the first, the best for advice for young men and women on the come up. Like the first, I'll never forget the first time I got arrested. I was sixteen. Okay. Or no, well, I, I just turned eighteen actually. And how did we get here? And I, I got framed. The cop framed us. What? Wait. Which, which is he didn't need to. Because Every time I think I don't want you to tell a story, you give a little detail, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Like, I'm back in. Oh no, we were framed. Clearly, uh, it was me, me, myself, and I, uh, me, my friend Jamel, and my buddy Zach Potts, uh, who passed away unfortunately. But and I haven't seen Jamel in 20 years. But we uh, we were assumed to be doing something illegal. Okay, and they found nothing on us. Okay. Because we threw it in the bushes about 50 yards before they got to us. Okay. They never found it, by the way. Uh, and because they were aggravated, they couldn't find it, yet knew we were doing it illegally. They, I was charged with a possession of a crack pipe that was a black and mild tip. Oh. I kid you not. That was my charge. So your first charge was possession of a crack pipe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> never, look at me. Weigh 400 pounds. You think I got enough money to be a crackhead? That's quite the jumping <laughs> off point. It's only uphill from there at yeah. 16. I uh, was releasing the, and this was the old school jail. So it was kind of cool because you spent most of the time in like this like community room. And I spent the entire night watching Nitro being replayed over and over on TNT until I got actually put in the cells, uh, which wasn't for long. And now it's, this was the old school cells. Now they have like a, it's a room that's like a bunch of bunk beds and tables and stuff. It's a little more, a little more comfortable. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> what an amazing I just love that that's their mindset too because of course crack the drug of choice for most 16 year olds just walking well I was around. 18 I, I, I thought you went, said you were 16 well I was I know I was 18 because I went to jail you 16 you go to juvie Texas says Trevor is living proof you can successfully beat crack <laughs> I am proud of you it, it's a There's, daily struggle I, was, I looked at the cop I'm like at this time I weighed like probably 275 I'm like I'm like close to 300 pounds how do you think I'm smoking crack 
Texas like, says, what, my Sean Kemp over here? I get fat while I'll be smoking crack? This is impossible. Texas are you sure Paco wasn't with you, Trevor? And also says, only Trevor would say the old school jail was pretty cool. <laughs> no, but Paco, I didn't know Paco at the time. He wasn't with me. Not a quote you will hear on any other local <laughs> sports radio show. I can guarantee that. If you want jail comparisons, old, new... Best places to sleep, who to talk to, who not to talk to. <laughs> There's only one show to go to here in town, and it's uh, from 3 to 6 right here on 1450 The Big Egg. Can't make this up. Never forget sitting down in the old cell, and I look around the corner, and there's it's the really, bathroom. It's not going to stop, is it? And this guy just looks at me and pulls a very nasty-looking J out of his butt? Prison prison wallet, as they call it. Okay. And he just looks you at it. You could have just said butt. Okay. We and can he, say butt on And he show. takes the hit, and he looks at me, and I'm like, I'm, no, I'm good. I'll pass. I'm not that bad. I don't. I don't want to hit. A guy smoked ass weed right in front of you. Oh yeah, right in the cell. How have we done this show for nine months? You've told every other story in the world. How have we not gotten to this story before? You never segued way properly into it. I guess. I mean, what else haven't you said? Like now, I'm. I'm (laughs) very curious. (laughs) Ass weed right in front of you. Yeah, there's no good stories from the other new new version of the cells. The the community room. I didn't have any good ones from that because there wasn't. I mean, the bathrooms aren't like hidden either, and you're not in like a. Like the original cell, like when in '98 when I first got, was like something you see out of movies. Well, that is that is something. Why do I always save this for the five o'clock? I hour? don't know. I, we we somehow always we have end more up there. listeners in the five o'clock hour. I should do this in the three o'clock hour. It's actually, that's a good question. Why does it have to be all or nothing with Scott Satterfield? Why does everybody have to say five year contract extension or fire him? Why can't it be like just good enough two year contract extension? Well, because we're already past that. I kind of agree I mean, with you. You're, we're, you're, you're four now. I mean, I feel like that's where we're headed with a six and six season, though, or yeah. seven and five. Seven and five is where I'm willing to compromise because I think with any in any other situation with a new head coach who's in year four, going seven and five, in the way, and having the three years prior play out the way that they have, especially with the ACC being what it is, I still would be like, this guy's not the dude. Like we got to get rid of him. But if we go seven and five this year, I'm not going to be. It's not going to be one of my favorite seasons of all time. I'm not going to be over the moon. I'm not going to be overly optimistic that Scott Satterfield is the guy, but I'll be okay with giving him a chance with this recruiting class. Would you be okay with seven and five if? Because again, we we keep saying seven and five as if this is like black and white and stone. There's there's different reasons. There's different ways of being seven and five, and in the satisfaction level either being high or lower. Agree. Let's say your of those seven wins includes Wake Forest, UK, and Clemson. Yeah, I'm, I'm more happy but about then, that. But than then again, if, if that's if the case, then you're probably You're saying, losing games you shouldn't lose. Exactly. There is the, but the that's, double-edged sword of it. Honestly, that's what we had last year. And I would take the alternative over, especially because if you beat Kentucky, there's a there's a recency effect. That's the game that stays in your mind. Whereas yeah. the, the alternative, like we went 6-7 and seven last year, and it felt so much worse because the last two games we're getting just ham boned by Kentucky um, for the, the third time in a row and then in a game that you were favored on your home field and then losing to an Air Force team that hadn't thrown a pass in 15 years when they throw for 6,000 yards against you like those two things were so embarrassing that it made six and seven feel even worse than it already did if you go seven and five next year and let's say it's a it's a slow build let's say we fa- we stumble at UCF we lose to Florida State we drop a couple games in the first half of the schedule that we aren't supposed to but you end by you know, beating Clemson, beating NC State, beating UK, and then maybe you go to a decent bowl game and beat a quality opponent there, all of a sudden you're like, all right, well, at least we have momentum. We, we, you know, what happened at the beginning of the year wasn't excusable, but maybe some things finally got figured out. Maybe the culture is finally being installed. Maybe we finally have learned how to win, and let's see what he does with his recruiting class. But if it's 7-5 and five and it kind of plays out the way it did last year, where you win the games you're favored to win, 
Maybe you drop one toss-up game. You don't really beat anybody of any consequence. Kentucky beats you handily again. Clemson doesn't really have much of a problem with you on its home field. Then it's just kind of a, yeah, par for the course, whatever. Do do you does your expectations or or perception of this season alter in any way if there was like no hint of a possibility of someone that you like better maybe taking over, i.e. Brom? Like like it's either last season Brom says, Hey, I, I love Louisville, but just like two thousand whatever eighteen, it's I I'm happy Purdue, I want to be Purdue. Like if you does does that make you No. Does that change your perspective going into the season at all? No. Knowing that that you know there was either a a better option that we could have had the Brom or thing, B that there's a better option still out there maybe if we can still take advantage of it and we get rid of them in a bad season whatever the Brom thing I think is not nearly as much of a big deal to me as it is to you like yeah. I I obviously I love Jeff and I think he would do a good job here I, I would like him to come here but my like hesitancy with Scott Satterfield right now has nothing to do with Jeff Brom. And if he goes seven and five or six and six this year, my feelings about his job security, I don't think will be overly. It's not like I would say, well, fire him if you know you can get Jeff Brom or keep him if you can't get Jeff Brom. I think that we can find, if he goes six and six again this year and we have a losing record overall after four seasons, you can find somebody out there who's going to do a better job. Even with, even without knowing, I mean, because I think we both kind of agree that Brom is the better coach. I think we kind of maybe feel that way. I do at least. I maybe you not as much as me, but I, I, I would lean towards Jeff. Leans exactly. I mean, knowing that there is because because the mystery of not knowing an options out there can make you be more accepting of a six and six season. I would think with the recruiting class especially coming in. Yeah, and you can always. I mean, because you, you, you don't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But knowing that there is a higher that I think the majority of people think is a step up and on top of it. I mean, with aside from all the ties of localness. Yeah, I mean, that, it's it's a factor. It's not a defining factor for me. Like it would get to like I wouldn't keep Scott Satterfield just because of my fear of somebody doing worse. Because worse to me for this program, where we like the advantages that we have, the conference that we're in, the relative strength of schedule that we've played. I think you could find a lot of guys who can go 500 over the last four years, or could have found a lot of guys who would have gone 400, 500, or better over the last five, four years. Yeah. No. Having Jeff, like, like, would it make it easier to make that move for, in my eyes? Yeah. But I'm also not going to keep him just because, like, we may hire somebody who goes 2-10. and ten. Like, that's always a possibility, especially the place. The, the, the scenario that we – because everybody keeps saying, like, best-case scenario is, you know, Satterfield either kills it and he takes over the program and we roll, or Satterfield flops and we get rid of him and even if the class falls apart, you can bring in Jeff Brom. What if Satterfield, the, the unspoken possibility out there. I think I know where you're going with this. What if Satterfield kills it and takes a better job? And takes some of those recruits with him. Well, what if they want the NIL deals more? What if the whole. I, I'd assume if he's going to a, what would be quote unquote a better job than Louisville is going to be a program willing to probably offer some good nil deals. But how much of these guys, and this is, I don't want to diminish, and I guess this wouldn't matter because he would be taking a chunk of his staff with him because I, I think Pete Thomas is the guy who's gotten the most credit for the California recruiting Pete Nocton. I mean, as long as it takes Brown, I'm happy. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah I, I, <laughs> if the defense is great this year and Satterfield gets a better job, I assume Brown would come with him. Good. But yeah, you're probably right. It probably would be a case where you wouldn't, even with the NIL deals, I think a guy like Pierce Clarkson, I guess it depends on where he would go. Yeah. I mean, he goes to, I mean, I know you. I think we agree, we disagree on like the level of, of of programs when you compare Louisville to South Carolina. But oh, you think South Carolina's Clemson? But I think, well, I mean, Clemson is in South Carolina. But, but you think they're the same? 
status. I think that the in terms of booster money, South Carolina probably dwarfs us in a way, especially in football. You think? Probably, yeah. I, mean, I think they have. I, I think you could say they have more. I think. I mean, dwarfs the fact, is the fact Well, maybe maybe that is. Maybe I'm going a little too far uh, to one direction, but I mean, I wouldn't say they. You give South Carolina football way too much credit. I mean, I'm not saying they they love that. They love it. I mean, they love it. Yeah, but, but I mean, they're you, in a stadium. We that, pulled the stats the last time we had this conversation, stadium, which did nothing to change your mindset. I mean, don't, I mean, look, they they they're, they're filling up a stadium that's bigger than ours than when they're not as good. And they're just. But they're not. Good. We had the same discussion. Attendance wise, they have more, but like they're not. Their attendance is not nearly as great as you touted to be last time. We looked time. it up like that, we did. did. did we? we we did last time. I'm not going to do it again. I mean, okay. you're, not, you're not luring me into this conversation because I was right. No, you know what I'm sure, saying? whatever. <laughs> to avoid having the conversation again, you're right. South Carolina's fantastic. Arguing is the only thing I can win by using longevity. You're because <laughs> it's sure as hell in a foot race. Wear them down as much as you can. That's the the, the Trevor motto. Hey, we're. we're works in my social life, too. Texture says, if Satterfield <laughs> ever does turn it around, do you think he leaves or kind of follows Stoops' path and stays? I mean, I think he's already kind of shown us that he would leave. Has he not? Yeah, I mean, it's too, it's hard to compare because Stoops is getting good money in an SEC school. True. I mean, we're not we're, – we can give him good money, but we're also not an SEC school. I mean, it is it is what it is. I think, though – SEC's a great step up for us by comparison to our past, but – I mean, it's still it's the SEC. I mean, it's it's like the NBA of college football. I mean, Satterfield's made no bones about the fact that he'd like, I think, to be closer to home. A Carolina school is. I mean, we're not that far from the Carolinas anyway. I mean, well, clearly not close enough because you know he he does the the flirtation with with South Carolina, which I still don't know. I mean, his options though going to that if going that route are not. I mean, yeah. Well, hold on. Yeah. Like, was it Jimmy Sexton just saying, "Hey, you need to take this interview and leak it." to potentially get a raise like was it just a shameless ploy to get more money at a time when you knew you should or at least should have known that that was not going to play well Louisville's cutting costs all over the athletic department we're still in the middle of COVID the team just went four and seven when you were picked to finish fourth in the ACC before the season like it was the wrong time to make a leverage play or and this is what I think was there genuine interest like I think if, if he gets offered that job which I think he thought he was going to he takes it I think he does too I don't think it was just a like the standard get your name out there, try to get a raise, do that whole thing. Like I think he wanted to take the job at USC. Would we have gotten Jeff in, in nineteen though? A year removed? I can't tell you. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I don't I think it would have been interesting to see. But do I think he would leave if he has like a big time Yeah, I do. I if hope he, I'm wrong he, about if he, that. If he wins like nine games this year, yeah. I mean I don't I'm not saying he's looking looking to leave, but it wouldn't put him I mean because I'm curious also if this team has a slow start, how long before? Because he can be kind of whiny. He starts like blaming like the fans for you know the distraction of his his job security going into this season. Oh, I don't way. think he'll do that. I don't know. I don't think that'll I mean, happen. Uh, Texas says maybe Sat was interested in South Carolina because he knew his dad was sick. Maybe. I, I don't know the exact timeline. I know I do know I mean, that he was dealing with it all last year. Um, yeah, South Carolina was the 18th. That was right after the 18 years for, or 19, I guess technically. Yeah. It was after, yeah, the yeah. The, I, the keep COVID saying, I keep thinking eighteen was his first year. 18, Nineteen was his first season. It was after. Least. It was after the twenty season. It was December of twenty twenty. It was uh, after we'd gone four and seven. Oh, I was thought that I was. I was thinking the South Carolina stuff was after his first year. No, it was after year two. Okay, because um, that what that's what led to last year being this weird dynamic of the fans not really forgiving him, but saying like you need to win more, and then him not really winning more. Also, I know he probably it's understandable not to look it up, but like. At some point, you could have looked at like the history of Louisville and football and their fan base, and seen that like 
we're not big fans of the flirting with other jobs. I mean, it's not like it's uncommon here either. But that was a big part of it at the time. I mean, it's yeah, it's we've had it. How many? I mean, going all the way back to to, to John L. leaving at halftime versus Marshall, wasn't it? I think or uh, in the the bowl game. Yeah, was that no one against Marshall? Who did we play in that bowl game? I think it was Marshall. Was that Marshall game? I can't. We played like Marshall, Miami, all those teams like back to back. So many times I forget. Texas not excusing Sat. It's kind of the same thing. Not excusing Sat flirting with South Carolina at all. But now that we know that his dad was ill, does that change anything? Not for me. I mean, it's just he. I don't think his dad's health had any factor on it. I can't say that for sure. I, I don't know. But it's still the way it all played out, the way that he hid it from everybody, including his athletic director, I think was was in poor taste. The timing could not have been worse. It's and you, you've got to know. And if that is the case, be open about it. Like, just let us like all we want. Let's go back to the word that we use so much in what was that December of this, this past year. Let's be open and honest about things. I mean, is it because you don't like be it, transparent? Are, that's the word. Does, does it bother you as a fan? And it's not just to you, but in general, any, any fan really. Cause I, and again, I agree with you. You're not going to tell somebody how to fan, but like when your coach flirts with other, does, does it only bother you if you feel like it's someone that's beneath you that he's flirting with or? Does that matter? Because then, I mean, it matters to an extent. It's not the entire thing. I, I, the fact that South Carolina, and I know in your eyes, it's you know the, the biggest move up in the history of the world. Well, but but, but you, but you me, can agree it's not. If anything, it's peril move. I mean, I think it's a lateral move. I think South Carolina is slightly below us, honestly, as a football program. I think that certainly did not help his case. I think the bigger thing though was the, the timing. You're coming like that team had high expectations. They were. I mean, you forget. Like we started that season, week two, we've got Miami. We're both ranked in the top twenty. We've got College Game Day in town. Yeah. We are. There, there were fifteen teams playing in the ACC. They all were. We did the one standing, no divisions. We were picked fourth, and we finished, I think, thirteenth. Won four games the entire year, and one was against Western Kentucky. So to to make that leverage play, no disrespect to the toppers, no respect to the tops, and it's <laughs> not a pretty game either. Yeah. So to to make that move, kind of in the the shadows, on the heels of all that happening. And again, while the athletic program is cutting costs across the board, it it just it, when it got out the way that it did, he had to have known that it wasn't going to play well. And if he didn't, he should have. Does it bother you less if he does it after the first year eight win season? And for sure. Start, okay. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I agree. I mean, because I mean, we've never really been left for a program what would be considered below us. I mean, John L. left for Michigan State, obviously not below us. I don't know. I guess at the time, Michigan State's I man, they're still, they're still above, us. above us. Yeah. I mean, that's Howard, can, Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, Katrina of the Falcons, I mean, yeah, Charlie, Texas. Even if you don't count the NFL, you also flirted with Auburn, who is still above us as well. Yeah, I mean Texas. I mean, yeah, I mean we've all been. There's never been a school. Let's just say this. And this yeah, this is a shot of UK. No one ever left us for Baylor before Baylor was Baylor. Okay, Guy Lewis, Morris, Guy Morris, Guy Lewis, Guy Lewis. Guy Lewis. <laughs> he left him too. <laughs> he was in. Hey, right state though. I mean, now you say that and you're like, well, Baylor's good. No, they weren't dead. Not back then. Not no, back then. Baylor was bad. The Yeah, I mean, say what you will about Petrino. Every time he flirted, at least he was flirting with dimes. Like, he was, he, <laughs> he wanted to cheat on us with the best of the best. Yeah. And he was, and he, look, he wasn't going to stop anytime soon. I mean, yeah, he's, 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 he's ditching us for a Victoria's Secrets model. I don't I think mean, much has changed. <laughs> Not much has changed. Bobby 2.0. <laughs> 2.0, he flirted too. <laughs> uh, so we got to take our last break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the show. Uh, you get a lot of text in the text line. We'll try to get to as many as possible at 502-414-1450. And then we'll look ahead to tonight. NHL playoffs resume. You're NBA good. playoffs resume. You got a game tonight at 9. I got a game tonight at 9. What do you mean? Oh, the Lanch? 
You don't even know your own team's playing now? I thought you meant like, I, th- I thought you were making a veiled reference to you bringing up Trinity and Wagner playing district. Oh, no, that's tonight, too, though. Yeah, I was like, okay. Wish I don't, don't want to get into You want to go to the game? Eight bucks. Well, He's at Seneca. I'll, I'll pay. We'll make it happen. <laughs> uh, we'll come back. I think I owe you some money still for my cross-the-board bet on the Oaks. Yeah, you're good. We'll, you'll come back. <laughs> we'll wrap up the show. It's uh, Mike Rutherford Show. Wrapping up next here on 1450 The Big X. I want you to know that I'm happy for you. I wish nothing but the best for you both. I know the version of me. Is she perverted like me? Would she go down on Three Atlantis? Okay. Never feel like a jagged little pillow today. Keep it the rhythm. The world famous Trevor Kelsey rhythm. Speak on names. My God. Uh, welcome back in. Final segment here of the Mike Rutherford Show. <laughs> on 1450, the big X. Uh, reminder again, Louisville baseball in action tonight. Six o'clock first pitch out at Jim Patterson Stadium. They're back at home. Last non-conference game of the regular season. They will take on Eastern Kentucky. And in Louisville's hopes to, I guess, lock up a regional hosting for the NCAA tournament, kind of pertinent information, Matt McGavick, our friend over there from Louisville Report, puts this out there. Cards currently number 11 in the RPI, which the NCAA tournament selection committee uses in baseball. If they lose to EKU, it will drop them down to 17. So this is one of those games where, hey, can't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Big series against Virginia this weekend, another top 15 team coming into town. Would be great to take at least two of three there. I think then you absolutely lock up hosting a regional regardless of what you do next week in the ACC tournament. But that maybe isn't true if you lose this game tonight. So, you know, don't lose it, guys. Make this happen. Win a game. Damn right. Win a game. Uh, you mentioned it. Uh, we got. Ooh, I almost forgot. You know, this is tonight. What? AEW? No, it's tomorrow night. Is that is that Wednesdays? And, and and this used to be. I used to get much more excited for this evening, and clearly since I just now realized it since the evening, my excitement level is not what it once was. Uh-huh. Tonight is the draft lottery for the NBA. Oh, I did see that, and it what clicked in my mind was I'm just I'm scrolling through Twitter and I just saw where someone brought up how the Pacers, who are I think have the third best options, third best chances at number one pick, have never had the number one pick. They've come very close. They've had the number two pick three times. Can you name the three players they took with the number two pick? Nine close. Can you even name? Okay, well, Steve Stepanovich in 1982, of course. Instead of instead of getting uh, instead of getting James Worthy, that worked out well. Uh, Wayman Tisdale in 1985, instead of getting uh, Patrick Ewing, worked out really super. Not great. Uh, 88, it finally paid off. Joe Barry Carroll. No, he was the first pick above Daryl Griffith in 1990. By the Warriors, 1980, right? Me, yeah. JBC. So a lot of people say he used to say, but just barely cares. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 88, they took the seven-foot-four Duncan Dutchman out of Maris. Hey, there you go. Number one pick, Danny Manning. Nice. Current Cardinal. Current Cardinal. And, uh, yeah, and uh, Rick Smith, I think, I believe, is the current uh, go-kart driver. Still, um, like, that one worked out well. That one worked still out. still probably would have rather had Danny Manning. But... No, 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 no. 
You want to know how I know? Because Danny Manning was the leader of the Atlanta Hawks in 1994, and they were number one seed. But who did they lose to in the second round? Oh. The Indiana Pacers, led by my man Rick Smith. I was at that game six to this day. The loudest I've ever been in a basketball arena. Really? I mean, maybe it's because I was, you know, 14 years old and I hadn't even, I don't think I'd even been to a, I'd have been like one UFL game, I think, since then, and it was like a regular season game. And But I, I don't care. I, I'll, I'll take up against anything. The loudest arena I've ever been is we clinching game six against the Atlanta Hawks and in, in, in the Pacers in 1994. Texas says, I can only picture Kevin singing You Ought to Know. Agreed. <laughs> From the office. Oh, did he do that? Oh, yeah. When no, they did no, karaoke. No, karaoke. It's a great scene. It's fantastic. Why, why wouldn't he have done the police? Wasn't he in the band? for Scrandicity. Yeah. But like, there's doing it's karaoke. He's doing You Ought to Know. It's a funny scene. Don't, don't overthink <laughs> it. I sound like Kevin. It's a good time. We've got – here's how I, I feel about the NBA playoffs. And If you haven't noticed – on the show, Trevor and I. Trevor used to be a big NBA guy. You now think that the NBA sucks for some reason, but that's fine. Yeah, it's not that. It's it's a mix of the gameplay and, and the lack of talent level. I have never been the biggest NBA guy, but I I like the NBA because I I like sports. Novel concept, I know I like to, to like almost all sports. Do I do. You like sports. I enjoy the <laughs> NBA playoffs. I watch them, but I my interest level in the Western Conference Finals is so much higher than the Eastern Conference Finals. That's usually it, unless you're a fan of someone in the East. See, and I don't have an NBA team, which I think plays a big part in this. But like Celtics Heat, I know they start tonight. Doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'll, I'll watch, I'm sure, at least until the Lance start at 9. But I'm really excited about Mavs Warriors. Because say what you will about like their personalities. I don't like Draymond Green that much either. But God Mode Warriors, when they're operating at their highest, like, like where it's like everything's going in, it looks like a video game, is some of the best pure entertainment in sports right now, regardless of, of how you feel about them or how you feel about the sport in general it's so fun and then Luca being Luca now with the Mavs is I think a very very cool storyline coming up yeah. I am very excited about tomorrow night I could give two bleeps about tonight's NBA game I mean it could be a, the West could be a fun series I think it just depends on if the Mavs can take advantage of the ho-hum attitude that the the Warriors are probably going to give them throughout most of the series like they did with Memphis and like they did like Dallas did against Phoenix who had the same kind of attitude we got a former card chasing an NBA title, by the way. Damian Lee with the Warriors. Yeah. Did he not win a ring already with them since he's been there? Or they've been bad since he got there? No, I think they've been down since he got Didn't there. Didn't they at one point take uh, Wiseman? Is he still in, did he retire yet? James Wiseman? I mean, but this is the guy they took with his second pick in the draft at one point. Has he ever even played? Wait, what is he doing right now? He's, he was the number two pick in the draft by the Golden State Warriors, what, two years ago? American Athletic Conference legend James Wiseman. Yeah, I mean, this guy got like nine violations on Penny. He is not playing for anybody right now. I know he's not. I've watched the Warriors this offseason. He hasn't been playing. And he averaged double figures last year for him. Did he play last year? Yeah. Did he play this year? No. I don't know. What, what is going on? This is how little I, we follow the NBA. How many, game play, how many games has he played in his career? Um, Hold on. He has played 39 games. In three seasons, he's played 39 games. Well, two seasons. He played for Memphis in 2019-20. So 2020-2021 was his first NBA season. So out of 164 possible games, he's played in 39. Well, I don't know what he's doing this year. Is he hurt? I assume so. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? I'm just curious. Well, because, I mean, he was, he was the number two pick yeah, in the draft. Hurt. He's I mean, hurt. All right. Yeah. I mean, he's played 39 of 164 games. Sad. Well, I mean. He's, what is that, like 12%? It's early, Trev. Early. He, he got hurt early on. Then he got he had uh, underwent successful surgery on April fifteenth of twenty twenty to repair a torn meniscus, and then uh, was 
on the recovery road this year and then got hurt in a rehab stint in the G League in, in March. Clearly it mattered to the success of the, the Warriors. I know, James Wiseman. Remember like, people were trying to make that, they're like, you need a guy in the middle. This is what they've been lacking, James Wiseman. And now they're like, well, we don't really need James Wiseman. We're fine. No, you don't need that when you have Curry. I mean, Curry is... is... The only, thing okay, I, the, okay. only, the only problem I have with Steph Curry is that he is kind of... He's so good at what he does. It's it has what somewhat been a downfall to the rest of the NBA because everyone wants to be Steph Curry and they aren't. It's a hot take. You watch people. I mean, is that, are you is like? Are you being joking me? Or no, I mean he's, he's such a good shooter that he's made the NBA boy. Yeah, you may you see people wanting to be think they can all be Steph Curry taking shots when there's only one Steph Curry out there. Texas says Trevor. I would say the average person has never been arrested, myself included. Really? I mean, I, do you think? How many people are in America? What's the way? Like, like six billion? <laughs> sure. Six billion people live in America. Oh, in America? Oh, they're in the world. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, there's got to be There's got to be close to a billion in America, right? 320 million. 320 million is what Jacobs, the intern, says. Uh, he's probably, he's still in school, so he's probably smarter than that. 330 us. million. So, out of, a good call, Jacob. Out of those, th- God, we have, Russia only has 144 million? I would have lost that bet. I would have thought they would have been closer to us. Out of 330 million people in America. <laughs> okay. Would you wager that – what percentage do you think have been arrested? Well, fortunately, the minority doesn't help. That's why it's called a minority, and most of those have been. Uh, I'm going to say – I'm going to say at least 47%. I think that you're insane. Yeah, no. I'm <laughs> There's no way. Jacob, have you ever been arrested? No. Why are you winking at me? <laughs> 47%. Yeah. There's no way. What percent of the American well, now, population? Now, now, keep in mind. Now, now, of that, of that three hundred something million, you got to be over eighteen to get arrested, though. I still, How many of that percentage is, is, is juveniles? I, I don't. I, still, I mean, so let's say three hundred million. No less than that, probably still under the age of eighteen. I don't. I mean, I, I think you're wrong. I. I, I don't what do I you can, think? What percentage do you think is of the three hundred thirty million? Like eleven percent. You have too much faith in this humanity than I do. No, I we're think- a country paying quarter million dollars for NFTs. <laughs> that alone should get the person arrested. The five o'clock hour, the old man Trevor rant hour. We love it well, it's uh, because it's dinner time for me. I'm supposed to be at Shoney's right now. He's getting angry. He's, I was get, he's promi- getting hangry. I was promised the show was two to six or two to four. Texas <laughs> <laughs> so says for an NFT, Trevor would get an autographed Natty Light can. Ugh. Yeah. I don't drink canned beer, Texer. Never have. Never will. Texas says, real quick on USF. I saw that USF fans called Jeff Scott's uh, recruiting classes Scott's Tots, and I think that's genius. Well, Kentucky fans were trying to do that like derogatorily Kentucky towards fans, us. I'm the one that was doing it on KRC. I thought it was, yeah, because like... Uh, I embraced it. I, KRC did it. I think like the KSR people were doing it. They stole it from They're us. like, Scott's Tots, Scott's Tots. I'm like, great. I love that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I was... That was one of the first things I did. Yeah, I started on KRC. I, I embraced it. Hey, Mr. Scott, what, what you, you gonna, gonna do? do? What you gonna do? Make our dreams come true. I'd be. I mean, the first year I was like, gonna make Kentucky's nightmares come true. <laughs> well, hadn't worked out. No, no, it's mostly been our nightmare. Section <laughs> says, "What's more likely this year for this team? Four wins or nine wins?" Ooh, that's a good question. <sighs> do I have to say it? I mean, if you're gonna say the same thing, I'm thinking like more likely. I feel like four. Four. I don't think there's any debate on that really. The odds of this team winning four games is I hope well I'm more likely than this team winning nine. I hope I'm proven so wrong because I can see, I can see either one of those things playing out. Where in the nine, where would your nine wins be? Well, I don't, I don't, we don't, we don't need to do. That. I know, I know, we don't have enough time for that. But right now. we also have to acknowledge the fact that we are one 
Malik Cunningham misstep away from being just royally screwed. I mean, the Brock Doman era. I, How many years do we have for one this moment away every year? Well, last year, certainly. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, imagine that team last year. Malik is like doing that. Like, he's the first quarterback to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, and we're six and six. How bad would we be I if mean, he. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Texas, I just got off work. Have you all given away the Latin Life tickets? We have. Sorry. Four o'clock hour today. Boom. Came out of nowhere. You can be involved in the podcast uh, winner, though, uh, on Thursday. Texas said, did we ever find out if Austin from Valvoline got fired because of Trevor? No, I actually did go to Valvoline today and did not see him, though. <laughs> well. Because I had to stop. And get, I need to get my old change, which I'm going to do after the show. I didn't have a time. I can't believe you named him. You're telling the Why? whole story. Because you just straight up said, like, he did something that he wasn't supposed to do by I the standards the of his job. I went off the premises of the ground. You didn't have to name him. Austin from Valvoline, if we got you fired, we'll find you. You can come intern for us. Too, an intern. When I went there, I, I went there to get air put in my tire before the show, and I'm going there afterwards to get the oil changed. Um, but I did not see anybody from that 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 special day there. Well, that there. makes me that makes me nervous. I'll ask when I get there though if Austin still works there or not. Tiger says this man never fails to surprise, but not surprise me. <laughs> I assume he's talking about you. Uh, Tiger says, say awesome. we beat Virginia and Clemson last year, and we went eight and four with a beatdown by UK like they did. What would our expectations be this year if we had won eight games last year like we could have? Even if we'd won eight games last year, which would have been a really good year, we still weren't a really good team. Yeah, but I do think it would change. Because uh, I mean, my expectations, I think, would my, my I think they wouldn't be really much different, to be honest with you. I think mine would. I mean, you, I, the team is still what it is. It is what it is. I mean, not it, to be Dennis Greeny. It is, but also what it is was a team that could not find ways to win. And I know that's sort of a cliche, but like, when you're up 30 to 13 on Virginia in the fourth quarter, should not lose that game. They all, they had like 17 different chances where it was like just make one stop, make one play here and the game's over and I they guess, could not do it. They could not they, they never their complete inability to make a play when they need to. And the only time they did was a fluke play. You forget we tried to give UCF the game at the end there. Yeah, you're right. And the I only know, reason we got is because a, a guy who was a freshman who was playing his first play of the game had a ball tipped directly right to him right and yeah. caught it and ran in for a touchdown. Like we our complete inability to make a big play when we needed to define that team last year. So if they had made just a few more of those plays and we won eight games, yeah, I'd have more expectations for this year. I guess if you specified the way Virginia had won, like if we if we had won in a close game over Virginia, you know, we lost, but if we had held on and blown out Virginia, then maybe that would alter slightly. But just winning, getting the win in a close win, giving up that big lead to Virginia is not. Yeah. I mean, that's just saying we just got the lucky breaks. That You could just say that we had a few more extra lucky breaks than bad luck breaks. Yeah. Texas says Trevor's in rare form today. It's the TK show featuring Mike Rutherford. It absolutely It's TK and Friends. Oh, this is the TK never, and Friends day. I'm always on the back burner. I'm always the Kevin Eubanks. No, this is, this is a TK and you Friends will, day. You, you're always Leno. I'm always Eubanks. Texas is surprised to hear that Trevor has standards for beat. LOL. Has standards for what? I don't even know what that means. B-E-T? I don't even know what that means. Be, like, like, Should I have said that? I don't, yeah, I mean. Texas says Trevor is the Stephen Curry of analysis. Make that Stephen Baldwin. <laughs> hey, Alec Baldwin's awesome in the movie uh, Outside of Providence, which we Props to about. a texture for admitting that he got arrested. Arrested once. DUI. <laughs> Derby 2019. There you go. See, don't be ashamed. Oh, surprised to hear Trevor has standards for beer. LOL. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Just, I just don't like canned beer. I don't like canned. Honestly, the only thing in a can I really can drink is Sprite. Like, it's, I'm not a big can fan. 
He can turn Jaguars. Is that funny? I mean, <laughs> on that note, all right. Yeah, that's funny. You should hang around some more. You're going to laugh. You're... Please don't. <laughs> you don't want that. All right. Tonight, game one, we mentioned Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Celtics on the road, taking on the Heat. Miami is a two point favorite. Trevor, who you got? How's Miami the number one seed? Um, I'm taking Boston. I'm taking Boston, too. I mean, Boston's just so much a better team. I'm just. From on the eye level, I just but Miami's Miami's a good regular season team. All right, do it for me. Nine thirty TNT, Lanch Blues TNT. game one. Oh, it's gonna be blue in St. Louis because the Avalanche are coming for you, baby. That's what I want to hear. Five two, two goals. Nathan McKinnon. The Blues can it's suck happening. it. I feel good about it. It's happening. All right, we're out of here tomorrow. Back at three o'clock. We're not telling you how we're gonna do the tickets tomorrow. We're not telling you. We have mentioned how we're going to do it Thursday. If you haven't didn't catch that, listen to the podcast. It's for podcast listeners. <laughs> you can think we're being mysterious when we really just don't even know how we're going to give away ourselves. I didn't say why we didn't know how. <laughs> Everybody enjoy your Tuesday nights. We're back tomorrow at 3 o'clock.